Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's happened to Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? Uh, it, you know, it's been, let's, how do I put this? It's been, it's been quite a year this week, wouldn't you say, everybody? I mean, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know when things have ever fallen apart quicker. And not really fallen apart, but I, I guess just, uh, you know, you always hear about the old one-two punch. Uh, I never expected to get a, a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 punch, a 1 to 20 punch, like a 20-sided die. You just kept rolling it, and I just kept taking the blows. We all kept taking the blows, and we continue to take the blows. Uh, also, let's talk about this, the sound quality. Can, can you hear me okay? <laughs> I think that's, look, man, that's clearly the most important thing of all of this is whether or not you can hear my goddamn voice because you don't want any of this brilliance trailing off in a, in a fucking quiet fucking cloud. Um, I'm trying to do a new thing here because I keep listening to the show and I hear my mouth. So I'm not, I'm, I'm backing away from the microphone and then backing forward to the mar, backing forward. Yeah, back, you know, back forward. Do you? Do I back forward? I back up like this. Uh, but then I lean in forward and I, and so, uh, I think sometimes I'm too close. I don't fucking know. What do I know about anything? I've been, I've only been doing this 12 fucking years. I've only been working with microphones for 30. You'd think I'd know what the fuck was going on, but instead, no. Uh, and now I got to wonder if there's a symptom of, of what's happening. Is it, is it, is it juicy mouth? Is that a thing? Is is that a possibility? Could I, could the juicy mouth be telling me that I need to get tested in some way? Uh, even though there are no tests, I don't know if you're aware of this folks, there are no tests. There's no, and this is the fucking dumbest thing in the world. All right. I, here's the deal. Uh, I know I'm, I'm supposed to be a respite. I'm supposed to be uh, like a, uh, you're supposed to, we're all on the information super highway and we're learning everything we need to know about what the fuck is going on with captain trips. However, I'm an off ramp. You're supposed to be able to drive off by me. And then I wind up talking about the three stooges fucking, uh, hookers or something. And you're just like, Oh, thank God. Mike took our mind off what's going on. Um, and, and I, but I can't, right? I can't. Don't I have to talk about this? Because I, I will be honest, I've gone through like in Twitter and stuff like that. There are some shows and people are like, oh my gosh, I was able to get my mind off of this. Is these guys talked about Disney princesses for an hour. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I could talk about Mulan getting fucking railed if you want me to do that or how tough she is, whatever the fuck, right? She's tough. Is Mulan like she's a knight or, or I don't know. I didn't see that one. And it's coming out again and they remade it in like a live action thing. And by the way, Here's what you really want to have coming out right now in the middle of all what's going on. Uh, movie with heroic Chinese protagonist. Oh, my God. You think that's not going to take the box office by storm? You don't think everybody's going to line up to go, you know what I want to see? 
I want to see the Chinese solve some crimes. That's what I absolutely have to step up and watch. Right now, it would be nice to see a Chinese person who's not in a hazmat fucking suit. Could we do that, possibly? Um, And I understand that's not an opinion everybody should have or an attitude everyone should have. I'm not blaming anybody for what's going on. Just things are things. things. You know, fuck it. I'm blaming Mulan. I'm going to double back. I'm going to back forward or forward back or whatever the fuck I said. I'm going to blame Mulan for this whole fucking thing. She's she's got a sword and she's all shitty to everybody. Isn't she mean? She's a... You know what? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to talk about all Disney princesses. Let's blame all these fucking chicks. I blame them. I blame uh, uh, who's who was with uh, Miles Standish or whatever the fuck. Pocahontas, her. Pocahontas. Ha <laughs> ha, porno. Uh, Pocahontas and Mulan. It's all them. Why am I picking the brown chicks? I got to stop. Go ahead. Pick. Isn't there a white Disney princess? Who's the chick from Frozen? Can we blame her? And who's that? Doesn't she have like a fucking autistic friend? Who's that guy? It, literally, it's like there's I, I see the ad for Frozen. I haven't seen Frozen. I don't know anything about it, but there's like a Disney princess and she's hot. And then she's got like a little autistic friend and he runs around with a fucking buck teeth and sings bad songs and whatever the fuck. And I don't know if he's the hero or the villain. I would, <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, I hope he's not the villain. I'm going to go. I'm going to go on record and say this. Hopefully, Disney uh, was able to see the forest through the trees and and realize let's not have an autistic villain in one of our children's movies, because that just doesn't make sense at all. Although, honestly, Autistic kids don't like light, right? Is that correct? Am I am I being uh, am I nailing that? I don't know. Again, I'm not a medical professional, as you will find out over the course of this fucking show. I don't know a goddamn thing about anything. I'm a respite, as I've said. I'm an I'm an off ramp on the information superhighway. I but I'm got but I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh my god, look at me! I can't contain myself. I'm going to be talking about fucking everything. I mean, fuck. We already blamed Mulan for the whole worldwide pandemic uh, epidemic. Uh, I uh, whatever demic you want to bring a pandemic. Um, what, wait, pan, is there, uh, maybe there's an ademic, there's an ademic, a homodemic, uh, a heterodemic and a pandemic. Isn't is pan, pansexual is a thing, right? Asexual. Yeah, I, I covered them all. Asexual, heterosexual, homosexual, uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh pansexual. Pansexual, you know, he means you only want to fuck the guy from, uh, uh, pan's labyrinth, right? Remember that guy? Pan's like a fawn. He's like a monster, right? He's got, a, he's like a horse. He's half a horse. He's got his eyes in his hands or no. I think Fauno is the other guy. Fauno's the good guy, but then there's the the pale guy. That was uh, our our good friend uh, Dennis Jones, Garrett Jones, Doug Jones. There you go. Uh, you know what? How funny is that? You can actually see the genesis of why I couldn't figure it out. Dennis and Garrett have the Doug and the G, and then saying the two of them made me realize Doug. See, look at you guys getting a fucking insight into how my brain works at this point, or doesn't work, quite frankly, now that we're thinking about it. Um... But yeah, so I don't know. There's it's a it's a tragedy out there now, folks. I don't know what's happening. And again, I, I should even bring up Mulan because that's probably a sore spot for a lot of you guys. Although I think probably bringing up the autistic guy from Frozen really made a lot of you upset too, um, because autism is like a big deal, right? I mean, I, again, I don't have kids. I, I wasn't allowed. They told me no. I kept trying. I, I did. I just I furiously shot sperm into as many women as I possibly could, and nothing took. My 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 sperm were not. They didn't have any climbing equipment. Nobody, no none of my sperm were a, a pointy fucking Kaiser helmet to dig through the ovum and make me a baby. I tried. Like I said, I was firing fucking shots. Maybe I'm firing blanks though. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe it's not even that they didn't have the fucking helmets and shit like that. Maybe my fucking sperm were just like as lazy as I am. Oh my god, what if I got lazy sperm? What if I fucking shoot sperm out and they're already sitting in barca loungers? How fucking weird would that be? You know what? That's what we need to do. We need to put some of my sperm under a microscope and check it out and see if they're already in fucking lazy boys. How great would that be? Just a fucking. Uh, just a fat sperm sitting in a fat chair eating fat chips and fat chocolate and not concerned about making a baby because he realizes that a baby would have ruined my life so I wouldn't have time to fuck around and chase a dream that's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> it's, you know what? 
I, I got to go ahead and say that my sperm saved me. Maybe they did that. My sperm, because I was like, oh, yeah, babies, let's go. Let's fucking med, make this happen. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and I look and I've shot enough on on uh, chests and chins and never had to worry about it. Don't, boy, that should be the name of the show. If it wasn't so fucking early. Chests and chins. Uh, it's where I, where I, you know, where I was thought I was being safe. But there certainly there's some other times where I just fucking uh, I said, fuck this, man. I'm locked into the chamber. And also I was with people who wanted that and were like, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and like I'm I'm giving good in game. I'm triple G. I'm uh, Gennady. I'm the Gennady Golovkin of sex, uh, as Dan Savage would bill you a, a double G, a triple G, whatever the fuck. And so if you if you say to me, you know, this is one of my things this is a fetish. This is something I really dig Then I'm going to do it. I'm going to like, all right. Not thinking that maybe have someone's trying to trick me into having a fucking baby, but also haha, the jokes on them, because like I said, I'm shooting out a fucking crazy rope full Archie bunkers into their fucking pussy and it's not going to fucking change anything. There's no baby coming. <laughs> Everything's been fucking nipped in the bud, baby. Um, so I don't, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting, uh, fucking You know, it's funny. I say a week, but man, there was a 10 minute span where everything went the fucking hell at once. First of all, let me tell you this. Uh, we all know I I'm going to talk about it. I have to, it's uh, because it's what's happening in the world today. Um, we're all uh, on the verge of a pandemic. We know people are getting sick. We know that uh, the COVID-19 or the coronavirus has uh, has seized the day, seen its opportunity and and made its way into our uh, into our hearts and minds. Oh, don't you, don't you love that? It's it's that's what you do. You steal hearts and minds first and then you take their lungs and then they're fucking out man. you choke them the fuck out and then they dry drown and they die. Look at me. I, I'm a font of good news. Um I, it's one of those things where I, I, I've made fun of it the past couple of weeks, too. I think I've talked about it because it's been on our radar screen. Certainly, we've known about it. Well, let's put it this way. We've known about it since December, but our government decided, hey, you know, we didn't need to fucking do anything about that. Ah, fake news. It's all going to go away. Don't worry. Once Here's my favorite one. Once the sun comes out, everything will be fine. It's like, whoa, dude, I got news for you. I don't have a lung full of bed bugs, all right? I got, I got fucking crazy ass germs with fucking, uh, you know, all sorts of fucking anger and rage, and they're ready to take us the fuck out because who knows? where they've come from or how long they've been waiting. And you know what? They're like Batgirl. These germs are like Batgirl. Where did they come from? Who do they, uh, where do they go? Dun, dun, dun. I know where they go. They go right in your fucking silly in your lungs and they restrict you and you get trouble breathing and then they fucking go into your muscles. Well, no, I, I don't think it's the lungs first, the muscles first. You get the fever first. You get the fever. Uh, you get the fever and then you get the aches and then you get the trouble breathing and then you get the money and then you get the pussy and then you get the power. That's that's just how it works. And that's and that's the kind of disease I can get behind, folks. Uh, sure, certainly you get the uh, you get the the body aches. Uh, no, you get the sniffles, you get the fever, you get the body aches, you get the trouble breathing, you get the money and then you get the pussy and then you get the power done. I mean, I'm on board with at least half of this coronavirus. I, if that's if that's give me the other disease, actually give me the money, pussy, power disease. How does that work? Uh, that's, that's a, the, the, that's the Tony 19, the, the, the Montana, the COVID Montana 19. Uh, yeah, I break, I, I never break my balls and my word for anyone. All right. Uh, that's a bad scar face. Um, I'm, cause I'm a little, I'm a little disjointed. I won't lie. I'm a little all over the place. And here's why, because, um, like I said, I feel in my brain sometimes that I'm supposed to be the escape. I'm the, I'm the comedy guy. Hey, look at me. I'm, I'm a, you know, <laughs> because the way I try to look at it sometimes, um, you know, comedians speak truth to power and comedians also will do social commentary, 
but they still try to frame it in a funny way. You know what I mean? We still try to be as entertaining or interesting or funny as we possibly can. At least you hope. But then I see these, I see comedians online and then, and they're just like, and you're, you're, you know, it's, and, and it's akin to somebody like when, when a fuck nut like Gallagher is like giving you political opinions, you're just like, fuck you, you fruit smashing cunt. Like, how dare you fucking decide to deign and come and talk to me about zoning laws? I don't want to hear about you and your sledgematic and your fucking tricycle with a car door on it. What the fuck, man? Don't fucking try to go. It, cause it's it's the equivalent of having like uh, like a clown stop the circus and give you a, a and read you like a poem about his dead fiance or something, right? Does that I mean you know do it? Fuck you, juggle something, you dick bag. But also, that's that's the problem because there's this this lane for everybody. You know, when people are like, "Hey, man, stick to sports," I see that all the time now. Sports guys are like, "Man, this virus is fucked. You should wash your hands." And someone's like, "Ah, I came here for the listen to you talk about the 1973 Buffalo Bills. I don't want to hear your uh, opinions on hand washing." It's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Why is it not easy for you to just skip shit, you dumbass? But I do admit that as a comedian, I feel sometimes that if I'm doing a show like this, I, I, uh, and I mean, but you know, this show has always been, it's about my life and it's always been, see, this is the fucking weirdest thing, man. I'm, I'm, how did I become gun shy about doing what I do? It's the fucking strangest thing in the world. Why did it become that way? I, I. I could analyze it for fucking uh, months, but but it's all of a sudden I just started to question the thing I've done for 12 years that has made me semi. Oh, boy, this is a ludicrous word. Successful. Good Christ. I don't know. It's not a word I can use at this point uh, as I come to you right now. Hat and fucking hand every week. Um, so I when I start to go and I, I, I want to talk about, you know, the global pandemic, <laughs> the, you know, I'm still the same asshole who hid in somebody's shower. You know what I mean? So it's like. But I, I, you know, I have opinions and I have takes and people are very nice because they're like, no, Mike, we want to hear what you what you say about the world. We want to hear you try to make sense of it. And it's like, I don't. That's that's another issue, man. I can't make fucking sense of shit. I can't I can't tell you anything that's going on. I mean, is is as I've talked about, I've been waiting for children of men. I've been waiting for fucking Miracle Mile. I'm waiting for all of this shit to fucking just come and, and take place. And it looks like it's starting, although, although it's going a different route. It's going now with 12 monkeys. Like, I didn't, think, I didn't think we'd get 12 monkeys before we got children of men. But I guess they would go hand in hand. Uh, Mir- Miracle Mile was, you know, because that's when people, remember when people were scared of nuclear war? Wasn't that quaint? That was like a thing for a while where, you know, when I was a kid, it was duck and cover and everybody's like, ooh, nuclear bombs and the Russians and, you know, watching the day after on TV and Testament and just and seeds. What the fuck? And just freaking the fuck out, uh, seeing, you know, the explosions and the fucking people turning into skeletons and the people, Jason Robards and his hair falling out. And holy fuck, what a mess. And and uh, who's the chicken? Who's in Testament? Is it the uh, Joe Beth Williams? Is it her from uh, from Poltergeist? I think it is. And uh, and oh boy, you know, like the husband never comes home, all that kind of stuff. And then someone's got to raise again. That was the shit that was scary. Then I was scared of bombs that might come from other countries. You know what everybody's scared of now? A handshake. Jesus, fuck. They boiled this down to its essence. I mean, for a while there, again, even with, even with 9-11, people were like, holy fuck, because those are grand pronouncements. You know, when they're like nuclear war or people are going to fly jets into buildings and terrorist dirty bombs. And you're like, Jesus Christ, but you can wrap your head around that concept because you're like, all right, well, that's still warfare. Although it might be guerrilla warfare, it's still warfare. Uh, but nuclear war, that was the war we always accepted or the land war, whatever the fuck. But I mean, again, everybody's, you know what you're scared now of? A sneeze. Holy fuck. How does that how does that put you on fucking tenterhooks when you're just like, hey, man, I hope I hope I don't run into a guy who sneezes on me. 
And everybody's like buying masks and running out and doing the craziest shit. Because I'll tell you what, this is another thing. I, when I talk about, I, I'm like, I don't know if I should talk about this. Um, I got to say, fuck that. Because, you know, me, I'm an Uber driver. I'm, I'm, I'm still also podcasting Joe and, and comedian Wilson. But at the same time, I am an Uber driver, unfortunately. And uh, I was I was driving hardcore. I've been driving hardcore for the past week or so. I, I, not the last couple of days, but certainly last week I, I, I was pounding the pavement. And... Uh, and easily, easily, because again, I tell you, people don't want to talk when they get in the car. I'm finding this a lot more. People ask me, they're like, how many people really want to talk in the car? Nobody. I mean, I, I would say 90% of the people don't want to talk. They And, and a lot of them have earbuds now. And they, I, I've told you before, they cut me off when I tried to give them the speech about the heat and the radio because they think I'm going to fucking talk all day. And I was like, dude, I don't want to fucking talk to you. I just want to give you this speech and then I'll leave you the fuck alone for 90 miles. I don't give a flying fuck. Um, but, but last weekend... Uh, easily half of the people who got in my car wanted to talk about the the coronavirus or the panic or the virus or the sickness or the germs or uh, and I can tell you this I never drove disturbed around because none of them were down with the sickness I'll tell you that uh, but they did want to talk about it which was and again I you know I'll talk about anything I don't give a fuck you know what I mean I give them the speech and they'd be like oh you know, they you have any problems are you cleaning your car everybody. They always tried to get, they find a way in because they want it. Here's the thing. They, if you people want to talk about it, they will find a way to fucking squeeze it in. They'll find a way to bring it up. Just, oh, it must be rough for you out here driving. You know, are you worried about people getting sick or, and then we're off to the races because I'll tell you what, uh, again, more fractions for you of the 50%, uh, I guess it's percentages, fractions are percentages, right? Shut up, math, Wilson, uh, math, math, Joe. Uh, I'm all of these guys. A lot of Joe Wilson in this show. Who's my friend, by the way? We are all famous to a few people. Uh, my friend Joe Wilson. Go look him up. Um, good guy, funny guy. Just moved back to New York. I liked Joe a lot. He was very kind to me when he met me here. And I, I it's funny. There are comedians, you know, when I first started out, there were guys like Vance Sanders and, and uh, Jarrett Grody, who I... Well, I first saw him and I was just like, this guy is going to be a fucking star. Like, I mean, he just, he fucking made me laugh so hard at this, this open mic that we used to go to every Tuesday. Um, and that's where I met Danielle. I met Danielle at the open mics. I believe I met her there first, even before James Pardo scooped her up and took her away. Um, but they were Christy Murphy, you know, there there was this crew, Paul, uh, Paul Hopkins. Yeah, I think Paul Hopkins. Of course there's Paul F. Tompkins, but he was not an open micer. Uh, Paul Hopkins, I believe was the open micer. Um, Tom Sharp. Um, whatever these fucking guys, these are guys I knew that I ran with in the beginning uh, and ran with is a strong word. I would always see them at open mics because I still ran with the Chicago guys and I ran with Siegel and Pat, even though they, they weren't going to open mics with me. Um, how the fuck did I spin off into this bullshit? I don't even remember what the fuck was I, I, I in, in my quest to talk about a million comedians. I lost my train of thought. Uh, fractions, math, uh, 50% off. Uh, people wanted to talk. Oh, uh, no stars. Jared Grody. Uh, Jesus fuck. What an idiot. All right. I lost my train of thought by, by doing a roll call of people I used to know. Um, uh, oh, Joe Wilson was super kind to me. There you go. That's what it, that was the fucking Joe Wilson is the patient zero in this entire fucking thing. He's the one who he infected me right there. He gave me the, uh, open mic virus, which I just fucking ran off and, and vomited all over you. Um, so I was driving people. I said 50% of the people wanted to talk about the, the, the coronavirus. And then roughly of that 50%, uh, two thirds of them had very strong opinions, folks. And I know you're shocked, right? In this, in this society we have today, in this 
this world, you wouldn't think anybody would have a strong opinion. Usually people, they like to be reasoned. They like to listen to facts and they like to go, well, I, I've heard a little of this. I've heard a little of that. I'm sure there are scientists who have to weigh in. And of course, the government has their idea of what they could possibly be doing. So let's take it all in and have a measured response, right? You, you assume that people, well, I'll tell you what, folks. These people, uh, they had some strong, strong takes that they wanted to talk about. And there's nothing worse than having a conversation with people with strong takes. Because uh, you know what they don't care for? Disagreeing with their strong takes. They could not care less for it. And I am... Um, you know, I don't even want to fucking talk to you, period. I, I mean, if you want to talk sports or whatever the fuck, that's fine. But even that turns into a fucking free-for-all half the goddamn time. But if you're talking coronavirus or you're talking the government or you're talking... There's inevitably, it's it's my team, your team. It's going to turn into that bullshit. Tastes great, less filling, as I've said before. And I don't... So I don't even... I don't disagree. Like, I, I refuse because I don't want to get into an argument or a fight. Uh... Unless somebody is really egregiously saying terrible things, in which case I will set them straight. I've done that in the past, as I've said before, when, uh, you know, I had people using the N word in my face and I'm like, hey, hey, you can't do it. You can't do that. You got to stop. Um, but I will tell you this, though. Uh, <laughs> I All right. I mean, I, let me remember that where I'm at so I can come back to this. But I. There's a sketch. All right, I'm going to tell you this. My friend Gary Lucy made a joke on Facebook, and he mentioned the name Ava Gardner. And whenever I hear the name Ava Gardner, I always think of a Saturday Night Live sketch called The Sinatra Group, which you may or may not remember. And in it, uh, Phil Hartman, unbelievably funny guy, crazy talented, probably, certainly, let's put it this way, certainly top 10 cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live. And I would be, I'd, I might say top five uh, I still put Aykroyd up there. You know what I mean? I, I think Will Ferrell, Dana Carvey, all those guys were, were amazing. Um, Eddie Murphy, clearly, but he was only, it was really only a, like a year and a half shooting star, really. Um, Sandler, you know, was doing Sandler things. Everybody likes Farley. But but Phil Hartman was one of those dudes who could just kind of do anything. And his, his take on Sinatra was that... Uh, was Sinatra was a mobbed up goon. That's all he was. It was like he, he portrayed Sinatra as, as quite frankly, what probably Sinatra really was. He played him as, cause he was, you know, he's the, the, the chairman of the board and the voice and everybody loved him and stuff. And then he got older and he's fucking mobbed up. He's hanging out with Jilly Rizzo. Uh, he's smoking cigarettes. He's holding fucking scotch or whatever the fuck. And, uh, and singing and, and probably, you know, hating these, these kids today, that kind of deal. So that's who he plays. I mean, he plays Sinatra as this old man who, uh, and by the way, you might even know this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm explaining too much. You guys might really have an idea because you might be comedy historians or purists or something. And you may already know this. Uh, but if there's anybody young out there, who do I think of? I think of, you know what, I'll, I'll, let me pull a, here's a young listener uh, whose name pops into mind immediately. Uh, our good friend, Ash Allen, who's lovely and talented. She and her husband live in uh, Arizona now, um, but she's young. Like she wouldn't have any fucking idea what I'm talking about, I think. So I, I and she's going to be mad that I said she didn't know who Phil Hartman was, whatever the fuck. I don't care. But for me, if you're a young person, you're not going to know who this is. Uh, so... So Phil Hartman, she might even know who Sinatra is, but Phil Hartman plays Sinatra as this mobbed up goon. And they do a parody of a, of a, of a show called the McLaughlin Group. The McLaughlin Group. Now, they used to do another parody of it where Dana Carvey later on is after Hartman, uh, you know, whatever. I think it's got to be around the same time frame, right? And Dana Carvey is John McLaughlin. Next issue. Next issue. He's that guy. Okay. So what you're all, and those are very funny sketches too. But the Sinatra Group 
is if Sinatra is holding court with basically a, a music talk show or it, it's uh, it's an issues based talk show, but it's all based around music and it's Sinatra's the host and his guests are Chris Rock as Luther Campbell from the two live crew, Jan Hooks as Sinead O'Connor, Sting as Billy Idol, and then Mike Myers and Victoria Jackson as Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet now. What he does is he throws out a thing and he says uh, he'll he'll be like uh, you know topic number one and it's it's just he play, again he plays Sinatra as this crazy he's just a mobbed up asshole is all he is and and Steve and Edie kiss his ass and he's trying to talk to everybody else he's just uh, hey the reps the rap crap I don't get it like all it's just he's just a fucking idiot he's just a, not a good person and he's throwing it around and he'd be like uh, the bald chick what's with her head that that's literally one of the he Sinead O'Connor he keeps messing up Sinead's name. It's it's and then whenever they give their answer, he fucking he dismisses them completely. He's so shitty to everybody. But it is for me one of the funniest sketches in the world. It's just it's just he's so fucking funny all the time. He does this he does this violin thing where she she bitches about the fucking Pope. Hey, I tell you, you're all glory. You better stand up and salute. You know what? Oh, dude, I can't even. I got I'm taking chunks of guys like you out of my stool. He's so fucking great. But. So one of the questions that he asks, he goes, uh, issue number five, uh, Ava, uh, who is it? Fucking Ava Gardner. I can't even remember the first chick now. I can't believe I'm blowing this. I disqualify myself. I disqualify myself because I've done them both. He basically, who would you fuck? It's, it's these two girls. It's uh, 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 Rita Hayworth, Rita Hayworth or Ava Gardner. I disqualify myself, disqualify myself because I've done them both. And he Billy Idol, or he, and he throws it, whatever. You ha- I'm, I'm not doing it justice because I don't want to give too much of it away if you haven't seen it. But there's this. Then he says, "The bald chick, what's with her head?" And and it gets a big laugh. And he goes, "I got to start with the chick." And he points at Sinead O'Connor, and she's like, "With all the starvation and starving in the world, you're going to talk about my hair." And he does this violin thing. It's, you have to see it. But what I was not prepared for, in not having seen this sketch in a long time. This is Saturday Night Live. This is at the time, you know, heyday, Hartman, fucking, you know, Chris Rock had just started. It's still, it's still, I mean, look, it's relevant now, I guess. Uh, but but then it's still, it's super relevant then. That's when it's coming back into its own. It's got fucking huge stars on it. You know, it's like Hartman and fucking Jan Hooks. Stings in the sketch for fuck's sake. And the la- one of the last issues he throws out there, and I'm just going to say this. Now, I apologize. I'm giving you the language from the sketch itself. All right? Because... I will tell you, as, as shocking as it's going to be to hear from me, imagine me, I'm watching this sketch last week because it, I just was like, I haven't seen this in fucking forever. And when I saw Gary Lucy had posted the name Ava Gardner, I, it always makes me think of that sketch. Rita Hayworth or Ava Gardner. I disqualify myself. I've done them both. He, uh, so I just, I looked it up. I was like, fuck it. And I take the link and I put it on his thing and I go, all right, man, you mentioned Ava Gardner. You got to watch this sketch. Now, Gary doesn't reply. Nobody watches it. Nobody in his fucking whatever the fuck. Who cares? It's Facebook. It's a, it's a it's a toilet. Everything gets flushed right down. But I watched the sketch and it's fucking killing me. It's so funny. And then right near the end of the sketch, this is and uh, so every time he says a topic, when he says the bald chick, what's with her head? There's a Chiron that comes up and it literally says the bald chick, what's with her head? Issue number four, the bald chick, what's with her head? That kind of thing. So he I think it's issue number six. And he goes, issue number six, Millie Vanilli. What is this faggot crap? And I'm as as crazy as it sounds coming out of my mouth right now, because, again, it it hits the ear so weird now, because, again, this is a word we don't use any longer. We we don't because it is not a nice thing to say or, you know, but it's 
or I was going to say, or do it's not a nice, it just, it's just fucking we're past it now. All right. Um, so, so it, to hear it on this sketch was, was, it was crazy. Like I did not, I did again, I had forgotten completely about it because this will, and this will tell you how accepted it was where it wasn't a big deal, but also here's my favorite part of it. He says it right. And, and which is, which is enough, but the Chiron comes up and it says it on there uncensored. The word is typed out. It says it right there. Milli Vanilli. What is it? What is what's with this faggot crap? It's right there on the screen. And that, that for me, because the, you know, saying it one thing, because you hear it and you go, whoa, it's just the thing you just don't hear anymore. But dude, when it came, when it's on the Chiron, I, I was like, what the fuck? How crazy? Because this has got to be, I'm going to say that sketch is, because Mike Myers is on there. So it's, I'm going to say 87. That's my guess. Nah. When Hartman die? Well, he dies much later. He dies when I'm in L.A., so that's 97, 10 years later, after news radio and shit. So I'm going to say the sketch is, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna date myself. I'm going to say the sketch is from 87. That's what I'm going to say. Sinatra Group's from 87. That's my that's my take on the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not going to Google it while we're on the air. Uh, but that, that's, it was, he says it, which is one thing, but also that it's typed, it's in the Chiron. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I did not remember that part. At all, because you remember, I I take chunks of guys like you out of my stool. I remember you got a Ben Vereen quality. I remember kick his ass, Steve, uh, the bald chick, what's with her head, shiny O'Connor. You boo hoo, you had me, then you lost me. Like I I knew all that shit, but I was not, I was not prepared for the that one at all. I did not see it coming. Uh, fucking hilarious. I mean, it it, it made me. I mean, I fucking was like, it was shocking, but I blurt laughed because I was like, oh, dude. But boy, does it hit the ear weird. It just does. It's fucking funny. Like I said, it's just funny. And I think funny trumps everything, but I can't get into that now. But I, I, but it boy in that sketch, it was just, it was just a, a alarming to see it, uh, typed on the screen. The hearing it is one thing, but seeing it typed on the screen was fucking bananas. Uh, and we deviated into that because of what? Because Ava Gardner, I suppose. But, um, but, but everybody who got in the car, they they want to talk about this the virus. They wanted to talk about the epidemic, the pandemic, whatever the fuck was going on. And like I said, I don't, uh, I got no interest. I mean, I'll talk. I'll, I'm, I will have a conversation with anybody. I'm happy to talk about it. Some people, because uh, I, you know, here's why. Let me let me go ahead and say this. Uh, I genuinely enjoy people. I like to talk sometimes. And um, but what I don't like is when it takes that turn, and then you just got to sit there because you can't. You can't go, hey, shut up. Hey, d- hey, dude, what the fuck? Hey, stop. You know what I mean? You want to, but you can't because uh, I, I work in a in a ratings-based industry where I could get a star or whatever. And I, I don't give a fuck about that, but I won't be rude to people. But, I mean, I won't even be rude to people at a party. Like, if somebody's being uh, – you've got to be a real jag-off for me to step up and go, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Where I've got – where I can really uh, – when I feel comfortable with cutting loose on you. But, I mean, in the car, because you're trapped. If you're trapped for 18 minutes with somebody and the first thing they lead with is – Oh, they're after us, man. You're just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Can I turn the radio up or drive off a bridge? You know what? Hey, were you going to Chappaquiddick by any chance? Because I would love to just fucking launch this goddamn thing into the drink and never pull you up, Mary Jo. What the fuck? Get off my back with your fucking conspiracy theory bullshit. Because as I mentioned to you, 50% of the two thirds of the people who, uh, who uh, I'm sorry, two thirds of the 50%. Jesus Christ. I mean, look at this. I just said there was math. 
the two thirds of the people who want because one third of the people they wanted to talk about it because they were they were in the same position I was in then, and a week later I like to think that I'm still in. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I've done what I can to educate myself. I've read as much as I possibly can to kind of stay on top of it, and um, it seems like it's a scary time. I think there are more people susceptible to this than others. You know, there are certain groups that are are have to be monitored or helped out. Certainly the, the elderly, one of them. And, uh, you know, my mom, I'm, I'm, I, I will share this, uh, with you guys. Uh, why not? We're talking. What the fuck? You know, my mom's had pneumonia three times in her life. And, uh, I mentioned that she has had cancer twice. So they, they cut her lung, one of her lungs out, uh, half of it. She's got half a lung. You know what I mean? She's got one and a half lungs. I should say, there you go. Uh, and then she had brain cancer and, uh, and my mom just fucking Kung Fu, the shit out of cancer. She like, she black dynamited it. She, she saw that shit coming before she walked in the room and she kicked the shit out of it twice. You know, cancer took half of her lung and then it went into her brain and she still fought it off and she's getting fucking like a drill into her skull, whatever the fuck, you know, chemo directly shot in. I, I can't even, I can't even tell you, um, so it's, it's, but my mom is tough as fuck. You know, my mom is just, my mom is just made out of wood, man. She is a goddamn, uh, she's like a, a leather gun belt. You know, it's going to last for fucking ever. Good luck trying to fucking do anything with it. Um, but the issue, unfortunately, is uh, cancer never stops trying. So my mom has to go all the time for this and that and updates and, you know, and, and whatever the fuck. And, uh, about two months ago, she called me and she's like, Hey, uh, you know, I got to talk to you. And I, I knew that's cause my mom, this is another thing my mom will do. She don't, she won't tell you stuff. You know, she just kind of keeps it to herself. Um, and then when you press her on it, you know, you'll, you'll get the answer out of her and you'll talk and then she'll go, well, there's no point in you guys worrying about it. You know, there's no point in you guys knowing about this or worrying about it. There's no point. And I'm just like, I don't, well, yeah, but we're past this now. You know, I, I think I've talked to you guys about this before. I'm 52 years old and I still hear the phrase, don't tell mom. And I mean, I mean, I've, I've been living that since I was eight and I, I just, I'm, I'm over it, man. Or don't, don't tell uh, Lenny or don't tell these people or don't tell, I don't, I don't. I'm so tired of, of that, of secrets or this and the other. And I, and look, I don't begrudge anybody the way they want to handle their business or their life. And I respect it because I will tell you this, if people say to me, don't tell Lenny or don't tell my mom or don't tell mom or don't tell this, uh, I won't, I, I respect it. I just don't like getting caught in it. I, I, because I'm, I'm very much like, uh, look, if 12 years of listening to me has taught you anything open microphone or not, you're going to hear it from me. You're going to hear what's going on eventually, uh, as is the case with this, because this has now been going on for a couple of months and I haven't talked about it on the show. Um, a lot, not a lot of people know, but my mom goes in for tests periodically and she's, you know, gets the all clear. She gets and you know, they, they usually do that every six months or something, but my mom, I guess, because she's had it twice now, she goes in every three months. And they take a look and they're like, okay, well, this is going on. You're fine here, whatever. But also my mom has this, this, she has myriad other issues. You know, she's had a hip replacement. I forget if she had hip replacement or knee replacement. I don't know. She's part of her is bionic, you know? Um, and she, she had a, I think I may have, I don't know if I told this story on the air. 
if I did, I apologize, but I'm going to tell it again. My mom had a moment. Um, this is a good year ago, probably. She had an old person moment. My mom went to a store and she parked uh, my my stepdad's truck. I must have told you guys this. I, I my, she parked my stepdad's truck. You know, she's and she's in the handicap spot because she is and she's pulling parks in front of the store and she kind of reaches down for the handicap placard and she forgets that the car is not in park. She pulls into the in the into the spot and uh, the car is in drive and she's still rolling. So she reaches for the placard. She looks up. She realizes she's rolling and she kind of panicked maybe. And she kind of she put her foot down to hammer the brake and uh, hit the gas and jumped the fucking curb and smashed into the store, smashed into the into the, the brick or whatever, the cement wall. Uh, and she told me the story and she was just. I mean, beside herself, you know, this is later on. She's telling me and she's like, I, she's, I did not, I didn't, it was an accident. It was a complete accident where she was reaching for something and she just, she went to hit the brake and hit the gas and, and jumped the curb. And she told me, she goes, Michael, I, I, there was a guy, he had walked in front of me just maybe 10 seconds before that. And if he's in front of me, he dies. Cause she, she hit, she floored it and jumped the curb and smashed into the store. And so that shook her up, man. You know, she was a little freaked out about it. And, you know, I mean, it's my mom's 77 in June, you know, so, so she's, she's fighting, uh, you know, it just happens, man. And, and my mom is still sharp, man. When I talk to her, she's still fucking right on it. There's no cognitive bullshit, you know, and, and this is a woman who's, like I said, been through chemo and all this bullshit twice now, uh, for brain, lung, and, uh, you know, she's had pneumonia three different times. She broke her back. I mean, my mom is just, again, the toughest fucking person in the world. And, uh, she, she called me a couple months ago. I think it was it two months, three months and just said, Hey, just letting you know, uh, <clears throat> it's back. You know, I had a test and, uh, they found hot spots, And so they have to go in and take a look, but she goes, honestly, they're, they're, really sure that this is what it is. So I'm going to start chemo kind of right away. And I, you know, <laughs> she's already had it twice. So I said to her, you know, cause again, she's older and she's more frail. She got the bad hip and, and all this stuff. So I talked to her and I'm like, well, what, what are the choices here? She's like, well, I don't have any choices. She goes, I, you know, it's in the other lung and they can't take they you know, they can't cut it out because it, it was in the one lung and that lung's now a half a lung. So you, you, you can't, you can't take out the other half a lung and walk around with one lung. Cause then I, I don't even know what kind of, uh, life issues that creates. So she said, they're just going to chemo the shit out of it and try to fry it, you know? And then she said, and she told me, she's like, there's a, you know, a hot spot in the good lung. And then she said, there's, they think they see a tiny one in the other lung, which is that she was, that's not good at all, but I don't know. And I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, what do you need? What do you, what do you got to do? She goes, well, no, I'm just, I'm going in for chemo. She goes, don't worry. And then, then again, my mom, of course, just goes, well, don't worry about it. You know, there's nothing you can do. Nothing that anybody can do. So I just got to go through this. And I'm like, well, I mean, should I come there? Do you want me to be there? What do you want me to do? She's like, no, I mean, what do you, she goes, what are you going to do here? It's fine. You know, I'll take care of it and I'll keep you posted and don't worry. And, um, don't worry. You know, what are you going to do? Don't worry. I will say, you know, the first time she got it, it, it's that's spooky as hell. You know what I mean? Um, cause it's that thing, you know, and I did a show on it where I was just like, Jesus Christ, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to act. 
uh, went out to see her then at that point, you know, and, and, and she got through it and then the brain thing happened and she got through that. Um, she, she just keeps fucking coming, man. And so this time I'm just like, oh, okay, you'll beat it. I'm like, I'm not even, it's not even one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, or what's going on. Um, I have her attitude. Well, you know, all right, well, this is happening. You know, she's even said, she'll be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm in my seventies and this is, this is the fight. This is how it goes. So she's, uh, and, and so, you know, and I'll be honest, man, I, I, you know who I feel bad for is fucking cancer. Good for you. You fuck. Look at you coming back for trying for a hat trick. And then you're going to get fucking slapped down a third fucking time. She's just going to laugh at you. Do I just, I cancer. I just picture cancer going back and talking to the fucking head guy at the cancer desk and going, what the fuck do we do here? Eventually they're just going to get tired of showing up. You know, I trust me. I know my mom. All right. Eventually cancer is just going to get tired of showing up and just go, man. All right, look, we got to take the L on this one. Right. There's there. She's, she's in a hospital. There's going to be a million other people in there. We can go fuck with, right. There's got to be some pussy out there. who's going to fucking be scared of us. Cause that's the thing is my, my mom's not scared. She doesn't, you know, I, I, I will be honest. This is the first time, like when I talked to her this time when it happened, I heard her say, uh, this is the first time she ever went, it's not my time. She goes, yeah, no, this is, she goes, I know, I know it's just not my time this time. She goes, I know. So I'm going to fight this super hard. And um, that was the first time I ever heard her really acknowledge that side of it. Before it was always just like, well, you know, matter of fact, well, we'll take care of it. You go do the tests and everything's going to be fine and we'll see. And, um, but again, she's just, she, she's, she's the roadrunner, man. Cancer's the coyote and it keeps falling off the cliff and keeps fucking trying and it keeps ordering shit from Acme and Acme's just laughing and making all this fucking money off her, <laughs> they are off, off of cancer. It doesn't matter. Um, she just, she just fucking, she's a shark. I always say that move forward. My mom's moving forward like nobody else, man. She's a goddamn shark. One and a half lungs and, and just still making it happen. Uh, but I bring it up because I talked to her, you know, two weeks ago and she answers the phone. And I mean, I mean, she sounds awful, you know, and, and she'd been going through the chemo where it was like almost weekly. I think it was maybe twice a week or something like that. And I was like, Jesus Christ. So I go, ma, well, you know, what's happening? And she's just, she's like, oh, nothing. And she was like, cause the chemo didn't even lay her out. She was like, she was like, I get hungry afterwards. That's about it. You know, but she, she, then she got tired. She was getting tired at the end of the week, that sort of thing. But, um, but she was, you know, she was surfing it and doing great, but then she got sick, like, like congested coffin, heavy flu sick. And she can't take antibiotics because she's going through the chemo. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, can't they even give you a Z pack or something? She's like, no, you know, I guess my doctor doesn't want to do that because of this. And, and it's that thing where it's this complicated chain of command, man. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we got the lung doing this. And if your lungs fill up and then she's had pneumonia three other times, you know, so it's, it's, you know, who knows, you know what I mean? It, it's, if she takes this medicine and it does this or, it, or I, I can't ever. And like, what the fuck do I know? Again, I told you I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking comedian. I couldn't tell you anything. I, I'm, I'm very much, you know, I'm, I'm ill-equipped to handle this because my mom has lived this for her whole life through herself. She took care of her mom when her, when my grandma was going out. Uh, my mom has always been the go-to. I told you she's got fucking 10,000 little brown pills with fucking prescriptions and labels and shit like that. She knows medication. She knows what you can and can't mix. Um, and she took care of my grandmother when my grandmother was, was 
in trouble a few times and my mom would fight with the doctors. She'd be like, no, you don't fucking do that. You do this, do this. I'm telling you to do this. Um, and I'm, I'm clueless. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know any of that shit. So when I talk to my mom, I, I believe her when she tells me, well, the doctor said I got to do this. And I told him no. And then he said, well, then we'll do this. And, and I just listen. I go, okay, cool. I go, well, you, you, whatever you need from me, if you need me to know anything or fucking I'll, I'll go to the Mayo Clinic website and learn. She's just like, oh my God, no, don't worry. It's fine. And she goes, but I, I'm, you know, I'm in, in charge of it. You know, she tells the doctors what they got to do. But I guess when she got sick, she couldn't take antibiotics and she sounded awful. I mean, real bad, like, you know, and coughing hardcore on the phone. And I asked if she was having trouble breathing because I don't, you know, I don't fucking know. I just, we were all, this is again, two weeks ago. None of us, we, we'd heard of it. I made jokes on the show about having a mask on, you know what I mean? But I didn't know it was going to be this. So hearing her, I, I actually got really worried. And then I was, I knew it was a thing that elderly people had to deal with. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think of her as elderly until, you know, you think that she's 77 and you're like, holy fuck. Just like I don't think of myself as old. Then you go, wait a minute, I'm 52. And it's like, well, I'm a different 52 from other 52-year-old people. I like to think. I mean, I, you know, physically, I might be falling apart sometimes, knees and shit like that. But I mean, as far as my brain, you know, I uh, I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Who cares? So she um, she sounded real bad. And I was like, well, what's going on? Are you going to the doctor? Are you talking to them about this? And uh, she's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I have to talk to them. We'll see. I have an appointment. So then I, you know, I'm calling her twice a week. So I called her last week and, uh, again, she still sounded bad. And then I called her, I called her on Monday. I'm like, Hey, and she goes, Hey, hi. And she sounds amazingly better, like instantly better. She sounds like herself. And we start talking and, uh, and this is the one concession is I think she forgets that she doesn't tell me stuff because again, she's older. But she's just like, yeah, you know, the emergency room really helped. You know, when I went in there, they, they took care of me and they, they and I go, wait a minute. Why? When were you in the emergency room? She goes, oh, I didn't tell you. Oh, yeah, no, I because she couldn't lay on her back and sleep. She had to sleep sitting up in a chair because she couldn't breathe. Uh, she laid on her back. She I don't know if it was lungs or whatever, but she was too congested to fucking breathe. So, uh, by the way, there's got to be some sort of HIPAA violation as I talk about my mom's medical on here. I, share, I didn't clear this with her. So, please, nobody fucking call her and, and rat me out. Um. But yeah, she, uh, she wound up going to the emergency room and they took care of her because so Monday she sounded fucking great. I mean, she sounded really, I was like, you sound really good. I'm, I'm so happy. She goes, oh yeah. And, and so then I talked to her again yesterday and I said, Hey, you're, you know, you're seeing the news, right? She goes, Oh my God, I don't believe it. Yeah. What's happening. You know, there, I said, we talked about the stuff that had happened and, and, uh, she goes, yeah, you know, and she goes, I had to talk to my doctor. I went just yesterday and I, and he told me, he's like, stay inside. I go, yeah, you guys, you and Dan are, are staying inside. She goes, oh yeah, no, I'm, we're not going anywhere. She goes, but I do need to go to Walmart. I go, ma, you can't, don't fucking, don't fucking go to Walmart. Literally, that's the worst thing you could have said. Unless you said, hey, I'm going to crawl through the shit pipe at Shawshank. Literally the only other place would be Walmart that I would worry about. Um, but she, but she's just like, well, no, I got to go. I go, ma, you can't, you can't do it. She goes, well, we need stuff, you know? And I, I you know, and she goes, well, maybe I could have Dan pick it up or something. I go, mom, I heard Dan coughing like a motherfucker the other day too. I go, you guys can't go out. He, cause Dan's older than my ma. He's 78. I think I said, ma order, order them to deliver it. She goes, well, I don't know. You know, you can, you know what I might, maybe I'll go online and I'll order it. And I'll go pick it up. I go, ma, don't leave the house. You can't leave the house. And she goes, well, maybe you're right. I go, no, I'm, I am right. You're Amazon Prime for a reason. They'll bring you all your stuff in two hours, for fuck's sake. I said, there's that. There's. I go, you can order from Walmart. If, you, if you'd if you rather have it delivered from Walmart, you can do that too. 
I said, Christ, every grocery store in Los Angeles delivers to everybody. I go, I'm sure in Florida, it's the same thing, especially there. Cause it's fucking, like I said, fucking God's waiting room. So I'm sure they're just they're All they're doing is bringing old people food. So I said, you know, please don't do not go outside. She's like, yeah, you're right. She goes, well, that's what my doctor said. Uh, you know, he was saying that, you know, I said, well, do you have a mask? Do you have anything like that? She's like, oh no, hell no. I'm not going to wear one of those masks. Uh, she goes, and also, you know, the, and, and she, I was very happy. She knew you only wear the mask. If you're, if you have the virus, if you have the symptoms or whatever, like you don't wear them to not catch the virus. Uh, you only wear them if you're, if you're really, you know, if you're sick, if you're symptomatic and she's just like, yeah, no, she goes, I don't have any of that stuff. She goes, but he told me, he said, yeah. You know, he said, don't go outside. He goes, you know, with your age, she goes, and she goes, hey, Pat, you got a lung and a half. She goes, if you get this, you're dead. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's sound medical advice. She goes, well, he ain't lying. And why is, why is he, you know, what's he going to do? Sugarcoat it? He goes, he's, he's telling me that, you know, if I, if I get it, I mean, I'm, I, I'm going through chemo and cancer now. I got, I got one and a half lungs. If I get this, forget about it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Well, yeah. Okay. Thanks, ma. Wow. And she goes, what? Come on, Michael. You know that. You know, I don't. She goes, you know, I don't fuck around with this kind of thing. And I go, I'm not saying you're fucking around, but I I get it. But I just, I guess I hadn't heard it put that way. She goes, well, believe me. She goes, that's what my doctor, he literally said that. He goes, if you get this, you're dead. So yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving the house. I go, well, then why are you going to Walmart? She goes, you know what, Michael, you're right. You're right. She goes, I'll order it. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll look into that. I go, don't look into it. Just do it. Amazon has a prime thing. Walmart delivers. Everybody delivers. Don't send anybody to pick it up. Just fucking, you know, open the door, tip the guy and fucking take your stuff in. That's fine. So I, I mean, I, I fully expect her to tell me that she went to fucking Walmart. I'm, I'm, and again, everybody that Walmart could be dead. And my mom would still walk her up and down, up and down, up and down the aisles. Like, Jesus Christ, my brain fried there up and down the aisles and grab her own stuff. Jesus fuck. So, so yeah, so that's been, uh, something to think about. And, and so when people get into the car, you know, you, like I said, elderly people get it, all that sort of thing. That's, that's, it's been beaten into us. That's what we think. That's what we know. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to know what they know. You know what I mean? They, they, they're finding this out. It's like almost like daily or hourly. They're finding out new things or they're saying, don't do this. Or you should, you know, they've, they at least have a set of guidelines of how to act now, but they're still trying to figure out what it is and where it came from. And holy fuck, I'll tell you what. So again, like I said, the whole reason I was telling you this is because two thirds of the people who get in my fucking car, uh, who wanted to talk about it, they 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 believe that it's a bioweapon that was unleashed in China, and 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 I'm I'm talking, I'm not joking. This is two thirds of the people who wanted to talk about it truly believe this. They think that China was looking for a way to eliminate the poor, and uh, it was a population control thing, and they tried a controlled dosage of it and it got out of hand and so they couldn't do anything about it and 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 then it swept the world that's what that's what everybody who wanted two-thirds of the people that's that was their attitude they i mean i i can't tell you how many people told me i saw the videos from china i saw them burning bodies like these these people believe the internet they believe what they're told they believe these unbelievably spooky and weird conspiracy theories and 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 it's it just it's so strange to me that that's the first place you go, you know, that, that initially, instead of just going, man, this is holy fuck a virus. This is pretty crazy. We need to do everything we can to fix it and find out how to stay alive. Instead of that, you, you instantly look for someone to blame. 
you know, I talked about Facebook. I mean, there's dudes I went to school with who won't eat Chinese food because this is this conveniently, this has given everybody the reason to point and, 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 and this, this allows people to be racist. I can't tell you how many people I talk, uh, who talked about building the wall and keeping people out. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the thing. We got to build a wall. We got to keep these people out of here. I'm like, Oh really? You, you're going to keep these people out. I got news for you. If there's one coronavirus patient in the fucking world and he walks up to the wall and they go, sorry, sir, you can't come in. And he sneezes. Guess who's in the fucking country? Idiots. Germs don't respect walls. This shit is, is, you know, it can be airborne. I, I was reading how the people get it. It can stay on surfaces. Uh, all, all of that stuff. I mean, and they're still not sure if it goes from person to person. I mean, I've heard, believe me, I, I, I read as much stuff as I possibly can. And I will freely tell you, I don't, I don't know anything. I know as much as I know. And I think I've read everything that I could possibly do to educate myself on this. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not here to give you answers, but I'm here to tell you this. It wasn't a fucking Chinese bioweapon and nobody's burning any fucking bodies. I mean, I, I, and I, everybody's like, oh, can you say that? Because I can fucking say that. For the same reason I can tell you that vaccinating your kids makes fucking sense. Science works. And also, we're fucking destroying this world. You do realize that, right? All you're doing is you're looking for people to scapegoat when you talk about building a wall or keeping people the fuck out of here or saying, oh my God, the germ came from China. It's the Chinese people. And I mean, there was a video of Ted Cruz. Fucking Ted Cruz is like, well, all these people are, you know, they're politicizing this and they're blaming Donald Trump. Well, it wasn't Donald Trump who made bat soup in the Wushu province. And and I heard him say that. And that hit my ear like like Phil Hartman as Frank Sinatra talking about Millie Vanilli being faggots. I mean, it just it's just wrong. What the fuck are you talking about? You know what it really sounded like to me? Honestly, and I, this is completely true. I, I, I heard him say, Ted Cruz is like, Donald Trump's not making bat soup in the Wushu province. And I was like, you know what it sounded like? You know, Sam Kinison, if there was a, Sam Kinison did a bit about AIDS and he was talking about how basically he was decrying the fact that nobody could have sex anymore. They had to have condoms on. And he said, just because a few fags fucked some monkeys and, uh, did I laugh at it in 1988 or whatever the fuck? I did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kinison was a fucking monster. Still, to this day, I think a fucking phenomenal comedian fucking tore it apart. He could he could control a room like virtually nobody else could. But, but you become educated and you see just how ignorant it was for that to be said. And 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 just the, just again the the appealing to the baser instincts of people for they where they need someone to blame for AIDS. They need someone to blame for this virus. And, and, and honestly hearing Ted Cruz say that it sounded just like Kinison to me. And if you heard Kinison do that now on stage, if you heard a guy do that on stage now, you'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What is wrong with you? You ignorant cocksucker. How dare you? Um, but back then it was on every show. It was on HBO. It was on fucking albums and people going crazy and people fucking chanting it along in fucking rooms. And, and there was a big deal back then too with Dyson Kinnison where everybody's like, oh my God, these are the comics of hate and whatever the fuck. And uh, it became an issue. It did. But, but there were also, I mean, fucking 10,000 people in the Rosemont Horizon singing along with Dice when he was talking about fucking gay butter people and all that bullshit. And, and, and look, you know, my feelings on Dice funny trumps everything. Uh, Still don't know if he's doing a character. Still kind of walking that thin line for me, but he makes me fucking laugh. Kinnison the same way, man. I mean, again, you look at that stuff and you're just like, Jesus Christ, that's unbelievably ignorant. But he tore the fucking house down. But the thing is, I will tell you this too. There's a difference between a comedian tearing the house down in the fucking original room late at night, closing the main room at the comedy store in the Kinnison spot, 
and a fucking senator who literally at the time he delivers his remarks is self-quarantined because he may have come into contact with somebody who's got this virus that's fucking sweeping through the world and not just this country, not just China, not just, it's that Italy is in so much fucking trouble. Now I read about that. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, Italy, they got people sleeping in fucking cots and parking lots because they didn't have any hospital beds. Crematoriums are running 24 seven in Italy. I mean, that's some spooky shit. Do I know what, what that means? No. Do I know anything about the world? I don't, but I know that, holy shit, we got to do everything we can to get this under control. And you know what we shouldn't do is we shouldn't be blaming people like the Chinese or this or that or the other person because, I mean, fuck, man. You know, we're destroying this world. The Arctic ice shelf is melting at fucking a record rate. And and who knows what's been trapped under fucking 35 feet of ice for thousands of years just waiting to crawl the fuck out of there. I saw the thing. I think we got to put a bunch of people in a room, tie them up and take their blood and stick a fucking red hot wire in there. Let's get Kurt Russell on the goddamn case. Let's get him in there and see if somebody's blood does a puppet show. And if they do, then we can fucking ban them and say, look at you, fucking Captain Virus, Captain Trips, throw him into the fucking snow. Let's see if that dog splits his head or that guy's head turns into a spider. That's fine. But we got to take him out to the Arctic because, again, who the fuck knows where this is coming from? Nobody. So when you try to blame the fucking Chinese or you blame this or that, you won't eat Chinese food. You're just perpetuating ignorance. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about taking care of the world and whatever world we have left and and taking all the precautions. Because that's another fucking thing, too, is all these people are like there, there's there's fucking two sides of people. All right. This is this is. And look, this isn't the case. All right. There are a lot of people who are measured in their response. OK, I try to be that person. Um, I'm not panicking. I'm, I'm trying to live my life. I'm doing what I can do. I go out. I, you know, I wash my hands a fuck ton more probably. Um, I mean, I always wash my hands in a public restroom and I always would, you know, you know what I hate? This is completely true. I hate when you go to a fucking public restroom and they get those air blowers. I hate the air blower. I like it in, in concept. It's a cool thing. It saves paper, whatever the fuck. But then I still got to grab that disgusting fucking handle of the goddamn restroom door on the way out. Fuck you. Give me a towel so I can go ahead and wrap it around the fucking thing and drag that fucking towel to the trash. That's it. Uh, I, I don't want to touch anything in a bathroom. I'm, I mean, again, there's it's a running joke, but I mean, I'm like Bruce Lee in a fucking public restroom. I'm just kicking the door open, kicking the fucking handle, taking my cock out, fucking and then slamming my other foot into it and fucking flushing. I, I don't even want to turn on the fuck. I use the back of my hand to turn on the faucet. And then you just fucking lather up the shit with soap and you get the fuck out of there. I just I've always been that cat. Uh, except for I've told you on the times and there's have an emergency and I get completely naked. But anyway, that's a long story. and I don't want to go back into it by year two. <laughs> um, but, but we've got these people. So I try to be measured. I try to be a guy who's like, Hey, look, you know, this is happening. Let's do our best to flatten the curve. I've been told is the new, uh, that's the new idiom. Social distancing is the new idiom, which you didn't need to tell me fucking twice. Really? Oh, I don't have to talk to anybody. I can stay in my apartment. It was funny. My buddy, Jimmy O, cause I'll tell you this, uh, you know, I'm going to Arizona for spring training next week. I leave on Wednesday. Oh wait, that's right. I don't because that all fucking fell apart today, Friday it, or Thursday. I should say it all fucking completely fell apart. Uh, my trip to Arizona is dead. Um, we, we've gotten refunds on the games. The Airbnb has been worked out. Dennis is taking, I mean, I'm just, that, I mean, again, it's an annual trip to Arizona for spring training in the NCAA tournament. Well, there is no spring training and there is no fucking NCAA tournament. So I, I actually texted Max and I'm like, cause on this trip, Max wasn't going. So it'd be me and Woj, Jimmy O, Ock, Dennis from the UN of evil. Um, and then, and unfortunately Dennis had, had gotten a bunch of his friends to go because, you know, you're, you're always looking to spread it out a little bit. 
because the house was fucking eight bedrooms. So you're looking for everybody to take a share of the fucking thing. And if you're renting the house and it, it makes it easier to pay if you got a bunch of people going. But also, I didn't know these other fucking new dudes. There's like three new dudes going. And I'm like, who are these finance bros? I don't want to fucking talk to these guys. I got all the friends I need, motherfuckers. Um, and then Mex dropped out. Mex couldn't go because he's got to take my godson off to a fucking college visit. So I'm like, and I conv- I'm like, dude, how could you fucking bail on me like this? Now, now, whatever the fuck. So then when this thing falls apart, like I, uh, spring training gets fucking shot and everybody's, some people are like, well, still, you know, we could probably still do this. And I'm like, the fuck? And so I texted Max and I'm, I, I first, first of all, Jimmy O texted in the group text and he's like, he goes, see Schmitty, you talk about sitting in your apartment and now that's a bad deal. He goes, but you were just ahead of the curve, man. This looks, this looks like the new thing. And I laughed and I said, Hey, look, man, Max is the OG of that. I'm, I'm new to the game, but I, you know, I, I, I'm just following his fucking lead because Max, he doesn't want to go anywhere or see anybody. Uh, so I sent, I sent that text to fucking Max and he laughed and I just went, I, and, and I said, and he said to me, he goes, is the trip canceled? And I go, I don't know yet. I I go, but I know that right now it looks like I'm going to get stuck in the house playing fucking ping pong with Eric and the finance bros. I don't want that shit to happen. Uh, and then, you know, gradually as the day went on, everything fell apart. The, the trip fell apart and, and spring training and, and they canceled March madness. And, and so when I tell you, there are these people who are there's two different extremes. I think there's a lot of people in the middle who I'm whom I'm trying to be. I, I I'm not panicked, but I will take all the precautions necessary. And am I worried? Yeah, I won't lie. I, I'm I'm worried, man. I wish I wasn't. Um, but I'm worried about the fact that I got a 77 year old mom with a fucking buck and a half worth of lungs. And and who knows what the fuck's going to happen? I got a 78 year old stepdad who the other day I heard him coughing two rooms away while I'm on the phone with my mom. Uh, and then you got, I got me who goes to the gym, you know, I'm going every day to the gym to do cardio and to lift. And, and literally I saw a guy the other day and he was talking is the worst place you can go is the gym. He goes, Oh my God, the gym is just a fucking mess. Well, I'm in the middle of trying to better myself and improve myself. And, and if I got to stop going to the gym, I'm mean, what the fuck is that going to do for me? What am I? I, cause I was actually in the groove of it. It was pretty cool. You know, three times a week running three miles and lifting. And then the other days running four miles. And I was really starting to enjoy it. Like I was, it's that whole thing where like, once I get out of the house, I'm looking forward to it. And I go and I do the four miles on the treadmill and I feel accomplished. And I'm feeling excited about it. And, and dude, when I finish, I wipe the fuck out of the machines, man. I now probably should I do it before I get on the machine? Yeah. But when I'm done, I just go get a fucking giant lather of fucking sanitizer and I bathe the machine. I just do because, and I mean, I've done it. One time I did it with a fucking cloth and I took a picture of it and sent it to John. I'm like, look at this fucking thing. Cause it, it was just it looked like I cleaned off tiny Tim's face covered with soot. You know what I mean? I just fucking, it was so black, this fucking rag that I used. And I'm like, oh Jesus, what a fucking mess. But I try to be normal because we, you know, look, are these normal times? No, but you can't panic. You have to be as normal as you possibly can. But the, the issue I have is, and again, it's the issue. This is an issue of being online. All right, this isn't an issue. I don't think this the world is really like this, but I think online you see the worst of people. And unfortunately, we've got we've got you know, I, I there are two sides who've really come to the forefront on this. You've got the fucking doomsday preppers who are thrilled that they finally get to wear their hazmat suits and eat K rations and point and go, "Ha ha, we fucking told you, man." as they hide in a fucking bunker with their radio and their fucking shotgun shells and gasoline, just waiting for somebody to knock, looking for a sip of whatever the fuck they have so they can blast them to kingdom fucking come. 
and then you've got the people who are just fucking idiots laughing at this whole thing and thinking it's a joke and and who you know the kind of people who would look a petri dish on youtube for clicks you know those fucking assholes like they just they they i see them everywhere you know they they're just like oh my god what are the media is creating a fucking rampaging thing like i i literally i've seen a phrase going around calling this uh impeachment with germs they claim that the democrats have have boosted this up because they're trying to fucking uh take trump down and use this virus and i'm like what the fuck are you, where are you from that you're even, you, you, you're going to defend him on this again. I, and you know, again, I don't want to get into this. I try not to, I know how some of you people feel, but, uh, but clearly this fuckhead has let this run rampant. I mean, clearly, and it's, it even came out in the New York times today that he said in January, we got to keep the numbers down low because it helps for reelection. And that's one of the reasons why he's been going every time he talks, he's like, oh yeah, when it gets warm out, it'll be, it'll go away. Or, oh yeah, we're doing really good with it. He just, he keeps saying this shit and people keep getting fucking thrown into beds or dying. And, and, and he just keeps lying his way through it because he's been able to lie his way through everything for three fucking years. And he's got that still that core, that base of people who will, who will agree with him, you know? And, is the media running rampant with this story? Yes. Do I think the media needs to run rampant with this story? Yes, I think they do. Uh, and I also don't think it's the media that's ginning up people to go and buy 8 million fucking cases of bottled water because that's fucking happening too, by the way. I, I don't know if you've been to the store or you've done this sort of thing, but um, I I've, I went to fucking, I, I, I've been to, I went to six grocery stores on, on Tuesday or, and then I, on, or I'm sorry, Wednesday, Wednesday. And then I went, I went to six more today because I'm just trying to buy a case of bottled water. I, I don't need, I don't need a fucking a million of them. I don't need, I, it's, I'm just, cause again, here's the thing. I'm not buying a case of bottled water because I'm pandemic crazy. I'm buying a case of bottled water because I always buy cases of bottled water because when I drive, I like to bring because then look, and also here's another thing. People are buying all this fucking bottled water and they're like, oh, this is great. We, we, we need to stay quarantined. Well, I, I've just learned that single serve plastic is destroying the earth. So nice fucking job as you try to prepare yourself to, to be saved from the pandemic that might destroy the earth. You're now using single serve plastic to continue destroying the earth. You can't, you can't fucking win no matter what. So, uh, good for you for hoarding, uh, the, the, uh, the destructor in your, in your house. I've bought so many cases of water over the, yeah, that's what I do. Because again, I just buy it for the carrying case. It's not like I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm all foofy. Like I must have Evian. I mean, I'm not that fucking rich or fancy. I just like being able to reach in the convenience of grabbing a bottle of water and drinking it. I, I, that's, that's what I've done. So I learned Monday. It was like, I, cause I, I wasn't even, you know, I, I'm paying attention to this, but not really. Cause again, it's, there's so much coming at you. There's this cacophony of news and stories and anger and rage and uh, they did it. No, they did it and tastes great and less fucking filling. It just comes flying at you, man. So I just kind of keep half an ear to it. Well, Monday I finish at the gym and I'm fucking, you know, crazy, grubby, sweaty. And the way I, I usually, you know, if I drive, I drove late on Sunday and I was like, well, I'll just get a fucking case of water tonight. But I happened to drop a guy off on a side of town where there weren't any grocery stores. And I, I knew there was a 24 hour one, but it was already two 30. So there was nothing open by where I was. And I would just go home, man. Just, you know what? Cause I had like eight bottles of water in the fridge. 
So I knew that I had enough to go to the gym in the morning and then I could grab a case on the way home. So I went to the gym and lifted with John on Monday, ran the three miles, stopped at Ralph's. And I walk in and you can't move in the joint. You know what I mean? There's a million people. And I'm like, all right, well, this is weird on a Monday afternoon because uh, it's fucking, you know, it's 1230. So I, I walk and I go down to the water aisle and uh, th- there's there's nothing on the shelf but but air and opportunity. And I sucked up all the air and there was nothing left. I mean, I, I just, there, it was empty shelves. Tumbleweed went by one of those fucking cliches. It was, it was insane to me. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Why is this? So I asked the worker dude, I go, Hey, I go, are you guys like, what's going on? He goes, everybody's buying the water. Like we can't keep it in stock. The faster we bring it out, the, the faster they buy it. So I laughed. I go, seriously? I guess it, it didn't register with me that what was going on. So I walked through and there were people with like, you know, three cases of water, four cases of water and toilet paper and all that shit in their fucking carts. I just left I'm like, all right, well, fuck this. You know, I, I bailed on Monday. And like I said, I had, I had enough water where I was going to be okay with it. It was, you know, I had eight bottles. I'm like, all right, I'll go later this afternoon. So I went home, showered, went back out to smart and final. And I walked into smart and final. Cause that's the place that's like, you know, that's Costco junior, right? That's usually where I get my water. And I turned the corner down the water aisle. And I mean, there's fucking nothing, dudes, nothing. It's completely empty. And I guess this is the kind of thing like we don't get that here or we don't get a lot of that here where I I was trying to figure out why people were buying bottled water in California. It's and it dawned on me. There's two different reasons. One, earthquake preparedness. People are always told to make sure they have bottled water in their house in case there's an earthquake because if the pipes go out, you're fucked. And, uh, and so I just assumed people were just using that, that old emergency guide, you know what I mean? Where they're like, oh, it's like, it's kind of like an earthquake, but it's an earthquake in your lungs or whatever the fuck. So they go, all right, let's buy this water. And they're scooping up all the fucking water. But also I have a theory that social media was tricking people into hoarding all of these groceries, like toilet paper. Like why the fuck are you buying all the toilet paper? The coronavirus doesn't cause diarrhea. It doesn't, it doesn't make you shit yourself. The fuck are you doing? Paper towels, toilet paper, soap, you know, soap and hand sanitizer. Fine. I get that. But paper towels and, and all this other shit. I'm like, why, why are you taking that toilet paper, paper towels? It doesn't make any sense to me. But then on Facebook, you see all of these memes about quarantines and it's and and they are just riddled with fucking dangerous proclamations and, and falsehoods and, and it plays upon people's fears and, and look, everything is fear-based. We know this fear sells, but when I started to really read these, you know, it says stuff like people that like, what's a quarantine. Like they didn't understand what a quarantine was because of that quarantine in new Rochelle. And in Italy, there are people being quarantined. And when people, I think when they hear quarantine because of years of zombie movies and video games, they all think it's going to be like a fucking death camp or whatever the fuck. So, uh, so people that I, again, people that I know on Facebook were, were answering some of these questions. There were memes as well that went around, but I saw like genuine people that I, again, not friends with, but I know, and people I knew when I lived in Chicago and people were like, Oh my God, what's a quarantine? What's going to happen? And people would write, and this is a, this was a thing that I, this is the thing that st- stayed with me. Oh, the government turns off all the utilities in the quarantine zone. And then they, uh, they send in the national guard 
and there's a curfew and you have to stay in your house. And people are like, oh my God, really? And they're like, yeah, it's, so that's one of the reasons why people are stocking up on supplies. And and this answer was prevalent. This wasn't just like one person just standing on a soapbox and streaming it, screaming it swaggered style from a fucking street corner. This is people in Illinois and people in California and people in Florida and people in Canada. I saw different people saying the same thing that the government would turn off your utilities and then send in the troops. And, and I was like, what the fuck? What are you, what are you talking about? Like I, that doesn't, nobody turns off your utilities. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But I think that people saw that and that's, and then they, that's why they think they need all the water. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think they truly think that their water is going to be turned off or, or, or maybe they they think that the the virus can be carried via water and they don't want to drink tap water. I, I don't, I can't figure out the water angle. I mean, the, the earthquake thing makes sense to me because we're always told to have bottled water on hand in case of an earthquake, but, but the toilet paper and the paper towels. And, and then also like, uh, the, the, the pasta too. That's another thing. Like people are buying all these ready-made foods and they're putting them on the shelf. And I mean, I, there's a, there's a woman I follow on Twitter and she's a TV writer and uh, she's great. I think she's very interesting and funny. Never met her, but she's funny. And she posted a picture of like a bunch of grocery bags and she's like, oh my God, this was $800, but I'm ready. Like $800 of the groceries. It's you and your dog. Like what the, what do you, what the fuck are you doing, man? I don't. And also I gotta be honest. She might've gone to whole foods. That could be one trip to whole foods, $800. We all do that. I told you I bought a crab there once and it was like a hundred bucks or whatever the fuck. Um, but, it, but it's insane to me to see these people like freaking out. I told you, I went to the stores. There are these empty shelves. I have now been four different times to try to grocery stores. Monday, it caught me off guard, but then I was ready and I started going to, so I, I started going at different times. I went like 1130 at night the other day, store still busy at a clip and fucking nothing on the shelves. And here's the worst part. Like I, I went at 11 o'clock to two different Ralph's grocery stores and you know how the night crew will come out and bring all the supplies and then you know store closes at 2 a.m. and they bring out all the supplies and then they stock the shelves overnight you know the it's the stockers my brother used to have the job and uh they wheel on cuz again if you ever go late to the store like 1:30 in the morning or whatever they're wheeling out the big pallets of stuff they're getting ready they're doing their jobs you know what i mean cuz they're they're going to be there until 5 6 in the morning stocking so uh i walk into the store at 11 o'clock and the pallets are already out. And I and I think the employees were getting tired of being asked for stuff. So they just started to pull all the stuff out from the back. And people tore open the plastic on the pallets and 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 took and opened up the fucking boxes and just started taking pasta out of the actual cardboard boxes. Like and cans out of the off the pallet. Like not even they didn't even let them put it on the shelf. These dudes are rolling it out and then and and also they just left it out there for these guys to hover over and attack like a fucking pack of hyenas. They tear off the fucking plastic and they just start ripping open boxes and taking the pasta or the pasta sauce or any of that shit, man. And I mean, dude, what is going on? Like I guess we don't have a lot of experience with this in California. I assume that you guys who do hurricane stuff in the South or in Florida, 
panic shopping has to be a way of life with you. You know, I've, I've seen that before where they do that thing where they're like, oh, my God, a hurricane's coming. So for the three days before the hurricane shows up, they'll have lines out the fucking door. Well, I, you know, that's not a thing for me. I've never experienced lines. I mean, other than Christmas and shit like that or, or, or holidays. But man, lines out the door. Like I, there was a John's grocery store by me and I drove by. There are people standing outside to get in. And so I, I started to talk to the employees when I go to these places and I'm like, Hey man, is there like, is there a better time or and, and this kid at Walgreens is like, no, he goes, there's not. He goes, we get here in the morning. There are people waiting in their cars outside for us to open so they can just come in and take the, whatever we stocked overnight. He said, one woman bought 15 cases of water. And that was when we decided we had to put up a sign that we couldn't let anybody buy more than two. Uh, and, and so like part of me is like, should I go at five in the morning? Cause oh, look all again, I'm not, I'm not trying to stay safe from the coronavirus or whatever the fuck. I'm not, I'm not trying to fight off captain trips. I'm, I'm just trying to have water that I can drive around with. You know what I mean? I, cause I can drink tap water at my house. I do. I drink ice tap water. That's fine. I like tap water, but I enjoy the carrying case aspect of having, you know, individual bottles of water to bring with me when I'm in the car. Cause if I'm in the car for eight fucking hours. You know, I gotta, I gotta bring fucking 12 waters with me because what the fuck? You know, I, I, I just don't want to stop all the time and be buying different kinds of waters, but I can't find any, I can't, I went to Ralph's and dude again. So I've now three different days I've gone the first time I just went to two stores, but then since then I've gone to, I went to six stores Thursday, six different stores and, uh, I, I, nothing. I went to a store the other night and I, I just missed it. I must've just missed the water by like five minutes, 10 minutes. Cause when I walked in, I, I, there were people walking out with cases of water and I was like, okay, good. There's going to be some here. But then I walk in and that's again, it's super busy at 1130 at night. And there are people with like six cases of water in their fucking carts. And I walk over and then I go down the aisle and it's all gone. It's all gone. And I ask a worker, he goes, I oh, put it out here. It's just, it got scooped up immediately. So I went up, I, I was like, all right, well, fuck this. I, uh, I went to the front where the grocery people were, there's people waiting in line and there was a woman, she had six cases of water and two giant things of paper towels and two things of fucking toilet paper. And she was with her friend whose cart also had cases of water. And I, I went up to her. She was about to check out. She was going to self-checkout too, which fuck you. All right. If you go to self-checkout with more than four items, I hate you. I don't understand what the fuck you're doing. Cause you're just, again, you're, you're just holding up the line for everybody else because you didn't want to wait in line. And if you've got more than fucking four items, go to a checkout fucker. I don't care how fucking long the line is. And especially with big items like fucking cases of water, this chick's going to she's struggling to get it out of her cart, whatever the fuck. So I literally, I went up and I, I was just, I tried to be nice. And I, I just went, Hey, look, I go, hi, I go, I, I guess I was late. Is there any way I can get one case of water from you? And she goes, Oh no. And I just went, okay. I go, well, you have six. And she's got three. I go, I just, I go, literally, I just need one case. It's not. A, and she goes, no, no, I can't help you. Sorry. And she just ignored me, turned her back to me. And I, mean, I guess I get that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm one guy. You got nine cases of water. So I walked away and then I went to, uh, there was another guy in line and he was another one. He had, he had six cases of water. And I walked up to him. He was a, he was a big, heavy guy. And I just went, Hey, go, Hey dude, I go, I hate to be this guy, but is there any way I can just get one of those cases of water? He goes, Nope. I go, all right. I go, look, I've been to six different stores 
and and there's nothing. I go, it's just it's literally just one case. He goes, I have two. That's why I'm buying this much. I said, okay, I I, I understand that, but there's you you can't part with one case. Nope. And then he looked at his phone, which indicated the conversation was over. And I just and you know it was that thing where you I would love to get rageful. Honestly, and it was funny because John is like, you should have picked somebody up and thrown him across the fucking room. And I'm like, yeah, you want to, you know, in your brain, you want to think about that. And, but I'm not going to be the one who goes Lord of the flies. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be one of the fucking flips the switch. And truth be told, yes, you know what? Uh, I, I, you got there first, I guess the survival of the fittest, whatever the fuck. But I mean, you're buying six cases of water. I'm asking for one, one case of water. One, I'm one guy. You can't fucking, I mean, help somebody out. <laughs> There's a pandemic. God damn it. I'll trade you a mask. I don't have a mask, uh, but they, it just, it's funny to see people. Like I said, the, the, the people who think the Chinese are burning bodies. Like they just, they're they're the, the people's minds just fucking flip. And I gotta be honest with you. You know, I love chaos. I, you know me, I'm that guy as I get older, it's less so, but the other day I'm, I'm on Twitter. I got home from the gym and I'm fucking staring and you know, I'm, you're just refreshing, reading everything that's going on. And within 10 minutes, within 10 fucking minutes, it was insane because fucking uh, word came that Tom Hanks and his wife had it. And then the NBA shut down their season because Rudy Gobert had it. And then Trump's speech came on. And then also, if you just for a bonus, Sarah Palin was on The Masked Singer. Like that was a thing that went around Twitter. All this shit happened in 10 minutes. I'm refreshing. Dudes, when that fucking word came up that the NBA had canceled their season from Adrian Wojnarowski, it, it, just, it just was like the NBA, the NBA suspended the season. That's all he wrote. It was, it was like the TV came to life. I got fucking chills. I got goosebumps. Cause you went, Oh man, this is fucking real. This is real. Uh, but also the news junkie and me loved every goddamn second of it. I was like, Oh fuck. And I kept refreshing. And then Trump did his horrible fucking 12 minute speech and just, and just literally took the fucking legs out of any confidence. Anybody in the world was going to have that. He was going to do the right fucking thing. Sniffling like a motherfucker high on speed, whatever the fuck, just an idiot again out there. He has no clue what to do. He doesn't give a fuck again. Cause if he can't bomb it or swear at it or grab its pussy, he doesn't know what the fuck to do with it. So he's going to just try to trick you and keep going. Yeah, no, it's fake news, whatever. It's going to go away. No, no, it's not. It's not going away. It's people laying in parking lots in other countries, man. It's going to happen here. If you don't fucking wake up, but I kept refreshing Twitter. And, and again, I, I loved chaos. It reminded, you know what it reminded me of? Remember when the Japanese tsunami happened and CNN was like showing live fucking coverage and the tsunami hit that fucking hit all the buildings. And I was like, holy shit. You know what I did? I went and got a pizza. I don't know if you remember that way. I was, I was actually at the podcast at that point. I was here with my ex-wife and I was like, holy fuck. We paused it. We paused the DVR and we went to get pizza and came back and watched the rest of the fucking carnage, watched the horror and the terror because Look, I want us all to survive. I love you guys. I want everybody to go ahead and make it. I, would, I don't want another person to fucking drop dead from this disease. But also, there's a little guy who lives in me who loves seeing this kind of shit happen and goes, oh, yeah, no, fuck, yeah, bring it on. Oh, you canceled March Madness? That's fucking hilarious. It's not. But I can't explain to you why there's this thing inside me that sometimes just goes, yeah, oh, my God. No, yeah, we're destroying Antarctica. So I'm sure we've freed up some ancient evil that is going ahead and infecting everybody and taking out their lungs. And again, it reminds me of the Carlin bit about the fucking virus when the earth gets tired of you and it shakes it off like a bad case of fucking fleas. In fact, I closed my show with that bit at one point when 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 I, I the last virus went around, when I had the swine flu. Remember, I caught the swine fucking flu. I tested positive for it. 
So, I mean, I'm not a fucking stranger to this bullshit, but at the same time, there's, there's part of me that's like, get the fucking popcorn and let's watch this shit end. And I shouldn't be like that. You know, none of us should be like that. You should be rooting for everybody. My mom's got one and a half lungs. I mean, your parents are, are, are doing their best. Everybody's trying to stay alive, but boy, oh boy. But sometimes this planet gives you a reason to grab a pennant and root for whatever germs are swinging around because we have, because this is a very serious situation in, in what I would call an unserious society. If I have to see more people with those fucking laughing, crying emojis and warning you that it's just the flu and don't be stupid and don't panic. And the media is trying to gin up a controversy and man, it's just like, fuck you. Tell that to the person whose grandpa died. And that's another thing too, is when they say stuff like, oh man, it's just affecting old people. So we're safe. Fuck you. Old people matter. Don't you love an old person? Isn't there an old person you know or you care about or you've seen or you might live near or you might want to think to yourself, hey, I should go check on that fucking guy. And part of me is like, yeah, I should go check on that fucking guy. But then also part of me is like, "Ah, I'm going to refresh Twitter and see who fucking died today. Let's fucking do it, man. You get the bubble-headed bleach blonde comes on at five. She can tell me about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye and I'm fucking there eating it up. I know I am. I don't mean to, but I am. But then I wind up going to these fucking places to shop and trying to buy stuff. And I, I literally get like rageful where I want to go, man, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I saw a dude today, his cart was so filled with, and, and like the most random shit, you know what I mean? Just like fucking toilet paper and paper towels and potato chips and cans of green beans and like Totino's pizzas and just, just like frozen shit. And you're just like, what are you, are you just grabbing shit now? Is this just supermarket sweep? Why didn't you get the big fucking uh, tube of Preparation H and throw that in there for the bonus, you fuck? That's what it looks like. Everybody tearing this store apart for no reason. I saw a guy. This made me laugh. I'm in the canned good aisle. It's empty. Like, I, I took photos. I'll show them to you of, of all these empty fucking shelves. Was, I, I went down the soap and fucking and, and detergent aisle and one and it was empty. I went down the fucking paper towel toilet paper and I laughed. There's nothing left. Not a scrap. I think people are even taking the price tags off the shelves to wipe their ass with. I mean, it's just fucking insane. But... Everybody just thinks that's the thing to do. I saw a guy today in the can get out. That's what I was going to say. And he's shaking the cans. This is my favorite thing. And he's picking out, you know, it's just pumpkin pie filling and garbage at this point, but he's picking it up, put it by his ear, shaking it to see if it's okay. I mean, what do you think they're putting botulism on the fucking shelf? Dude, these are canned goods. You take them and you go and eat them. And I saw a great succinct way to put it. You know, someone was like, Hey, look, here's the thing. You can't overreact to this. Get as much canned goods and get as much food as you can. And if the best case scenario happens, we have a fantastic food drive in the summer or Christmas and everybody brings their canned goods in and gives them to fucking less fortunate people. And and that's a nice way to spin it. It's a good way to look at it. But at the same fucking time, when you see people buying every last Q-tip and fucking hoarding it and staring and kind of, you know, laughing like Renfield as they look around and they throw it in their cart and they're like, they, they call it a victory because they took, they got the last Tide Pods or whatever the fuck. What a mess. And it makes you really, really think, the fuck's going to happen if anything really hits the fan? You know, this is this is a serious situation. There's no doubt. But but what's going to happen if like if the big earthquake really hit here, what the fuck would happen? Would just militias run into the goddamn fucking grocery store and steal everything? I don't I don't even fucking know. I look around at people now and again like I said, I I wind up rooting for the comet half the fucking time. You know what I mean? And and, and even with people I love and people I know, and, and I don't want to check out, I don't want to go anywhere. I wish the world was a better place sometimes. And 
And I've been told by many (laughs) that this is the best time to be alive in the history of the world. And I understand that that's fine. But at the same time, there are people who act in ways where you think to yourself, well, maybe, maybe a comment wouldn't be a bad idea. It'd be, it'd be quick. Told you I'm driving Uber and, uh, you know, people wanted to talk about what was going on. I, I had a woman refuse to get in my car because I wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, I pulled up, she opened the door and she looked in and she goes, excuse me, could you put your mask on? I said, I, I don't have a mask. She said, oh, well, why not? You're, you're supposed to have a mask. I'm, I go, no, actually I'm not. I said, you're supposed to have a mask if you're sick. I'm not sick. She goes, well, how am I supposed to know that? I said, I, I don't know. How do I know you're not sick? And she goes, well, I'm telling you I'm not. I go, great, I'm telling you I'm not. She goes, well, I'd feel a lot better if you had a mask. And I said, okay. Uh, you do know you're not wearing a mask, right? She goes, well, like I told you, I'm not sick. I said, great, I'm not sick either. She goes, yeah, but I don't know that. I said, great, are you going to get in the car and take a ride or not? She goes, no, I'm not, I can't. If you don't have a mask, I can't ride with you. I go, great, you got to cancel. She goes, well, no, 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 you cancel. I go, no, no, you cancel. You're paying me for this. She goes, no, I'm not. Why would I pay? I'm not taking a ride. I go, no, no. My time is spent coming to get you. I waited for you. And now you're the one refusing the ride. So you get to cancel. She goes, well, I'm not paying for this. I go, well, you can take that up with Uber. I go, but I'm telling you right now that you need to cancel. She goes, well, no, no. If if you go ahead and just cancel, I go, I'm not canceling it. I'm telling you that right now. I said, I will sit here all night. Doesn't matter to me. She goes, well, I, I can't believe you're doing this. I go, great. And she goes, well, I, I go, look, I'm telling you, close the door and either cancel now or I'll just sit here, but I'd like you to cancel so I could go get other rides. She goes, well, I don't want to pay for this. I go, again, you got to take it up with them. She goes, well, I, I go, close my door. She goes, well, are you going to, I go, close my door. And she did. And she stood on the curb. And I saw her looking at her phone because she was going to try to order another Uber, but she realized that she couldn't order another Uber because she was still locked into my account. And I was waiting for her to come back and knock on the window or open the door or say cancel or whatever the fuck. But to her credit, at least she realized that we're now we're now we're just in a fucking waiting game. Now it's just a Mexican standoff. Now she's there on the curb. I'm in my car and uh, I'm I'm listening to the radio and I'm looking at my phone and I don't give a flying fuck. I because I literally you know me. I to prove a fucking point. I'm getting your four fucking dollars, lady. I'm getting your four fucking dollars because it's not incumbent upon me to wear a mask to make you fucking comfortable. All right. I got Febreze in the car. I got some Lysol wipes in the trunk. Do I wipe the car down after every passenger? No. But do I wipe it down in the middle of the night? I do. I do once or twice because uh, I don't want to die either, man. But a mask, fuck you. And so she looked at her phone. I'm sitting there. She looked at her phone. I'm looking there. I can see her in the fucking side mirror. And then finally canceled. She canceled it. I made my four bucks and I drove the fuck off. But again, it's not incumbent upon me to make you comfortable. I'm giving you a ride. I'm not, I'm not an ambulance, man. I'm not putting on a fucking mask. And that's when I talk about people who, who put their priorities, people who, who make you root for the comet. I got pinged to pick up a woman on Melrose at a hookah lounge. It's like midnight. So I pull up and uh, her name was like fucking Ibiza. I don't know. I can't give her a real name. 
something close to that. And uh, I pull up to the curb. I tap the thing. I say, I've arrived. She taps B right out. And I'm sitting there waiting. And she, they have five minutes. So again, I don't, as long as they acknowledge that I'm there, I'm cool with it. But I'll give you five minutes. But literally at five minutes and one second, I drive the fuck off and you owe me $4. But I'm a kind soul. I wait the entire time. I'm parked right where I'm, I need to be because there is this new thing now where drivers will uh, will start driving away. Like they'll get to where you are and then they'll keep driving. And uh, I saw this, by the way, this is a, this is a real thing. And then the passenger will go, uh, I'm here. And they'll go, okay, I'm here too. But you can see on the app that the guy's moving. And you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm right here. And they go, oh, you know what? I'm having trouble finding it. So you need to cancel. But they've already started the clock. So if you cancel, you're going to owe four bucks. So passengers just go, okay, and then they'll cancel, and the driver makes his four bucks or whatever, and he wants, and he just fucking drives away. And it's, it's just a scam. Everything in the world is a fucking scam. Everything. I mean, I, I, I don't know if this disease is going to make us look at the world in a different way, but it should. You know, there's all these stories now about how, oh, we're going to, uh, well, in light of this virus, this, uh, New York is going to deep clean the subways twice a day. Okay, well... Why the fuck aren't you cleaning the subways twice a day every day? Just do that. I'm in Japan. You could you can eat off the floor of the subway station. I, I I don't understand this thing where they 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 get bullied into doing stuff and they begrudgingly like go, all right, fine, we'll clean the subway. Well, no, if you clean the fucking subway, nobody would worry. There's money for it. You know, they say that there's no money for the testing kits. There's no money for this. There's no money for whatever. But they give, what was it, I, uh, one tr- trillion or two billion? I don't even fucking know the numbers. They're so comical to small businesses to prop them up. And they give money to businesses because they don't want the stock market to fail. And it's like, this is all just fake money. It's all just paper. Why don't you take some of that money and pay off some college debt? Why don't you take that money and and try to make a better world for young people after you've fucking torn it asunder? Jesus, fuck. Clean the subways, fix the roads, all that shit. That's stuff you could do. There's money for it. It's just going into somebody else's pocket or going to fucking build bombs. Who the fuck wants that anymore? Who wants that? Truly, in this world, who wants to build fucking bombs? Today, we bombed Iraq, trying to kill some Iranian guys in revenge for them killing two guys yesterday. And I mean, okay, I don't fucking know what's going on. I don't look again, comedian. I don't have the lowdown, but I know that there's a ton of shit here you could spend money on that would make more sense. Like, I don't know, cleaning the fucking subway twice a day, helping homeless guys, whatever the fuck. I, I know I'm sounding like a fucking hippie. I get it. There are people that don't like it. Some at the hookah bar, hookah bar. And uh, she finally comes out and, uh, you know, I pop the lock. She gets in. I go, hey, how you doing? She closes the door. I go, are you Ibiza? She goes, yeah. Uh, no, I apologize because here's my new thing. I go, what's your name? And she said Ibiza because a lot of times now, like I told you, about 40% of my rides are not the person. Like guys get rides for women or brother. Uh, they'll be like, my brother Danny ordered the ride. And then I'll go, what's your name? And people will 99% of the time, people will just say their name, but 1% of the time, people go, like, why do you know my name? Because you're in my car. I need to know who you are. It's so fucking weird. People will go, yeah, no. I'll go, I'll go what's the name? They'll go, Danny. I go, and are you Danny? And they'll go, no, no, Danny's my brother. I go, okay, what's your name? Why do you know my name? Well, because you're in my fucking car. That's why. I need to know who you are. 
Oh, all right. I'm, I'm uh, Tony. All right, Tony. Thanks, man. I'm Mike. Well, I don't know if I got to ask my name because you're in my fucking car, man. That's why. So if I get a nice pick in the back of the fucking head, I can in my brain at least go, Tony, <laughs> instead of Danny. <laughs> um, so I asked her name. She said she's a bees. I go, hey, I'm Mike. And uh, all of a sudden, the door opens. And it's a guy. And he goes, hey, where are you going? We were talking. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're leaving. And he, and he, he like motor mouths. I can't believe you're leaving. Oh, my God, you're, we were talking in there. You know, I just, I'm not trying to hit on you or anything. I just wanted to go ahead and talk to you. We were having a good time in there. And I go, hey, 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 close the door. And he goes, no, no, man, it's okay. I was talking to her inside. I go, and I looked at her and she kind of made the pleading eyes, which I see a lot. Women, because this happens all the time. There'll be a woman waiting for an Uber when a club closes or something. And a guy's macking on her outside the fucking club. And when I pull up, they go to get in the car. I told you, I've had guys try to get in the car with women. I've had guys who open the door and they won't close it as they're trying to pick up a girl or get her fucking phone number. And I have to put bass in my voice and go, hey, dude, close the fucking door. We're leaving without you. You know, and I had a guy sit in my car. I go, I will drag you out of this car if you don't get out right fucking now. I just, I just, you have to, unfortunately, because people are fucking animals. And sometimes you got to come on like a stiff prick. So. He opens the door and he doesn't shut up. He's like, oh my God, we were having such a good time in there. And I look at her and I and I, I go, hey, dude, close the door. And he goes, no, it's okay. I'm with her. I'm talking to her. And I look at her and she makes pleading eyes. I go, she's not with you. We're leaving. And he goes, oh, really? And he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a wad of fucking money. And he peels off a $100 bill and he goes to hand, he reaches in to hand it to me. And he goes, here, 100 bucks, cancel the ride. And uh, look, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in a very precarious financial position right now, as we all are with a global pandemic bearing down upon us, possibly having to quarantine ourselves. But I am a guy who is fully vested in the gig economy. I am driving people, driving strangers, and with less strangers going out. This is totally true. Monday, I drove seven hours. Uh, I made $60 in seven hours. Now, I also then made $45 on one ride to Disneyland. So I made 105 for the night. But if it was not for that one ride, I got a real taste of what is going to happen here if people don't go out. Um, I'm lucky enough that you guys, you know, the Patreon and the Amazon link combined, they kind of cover my rent. And, uh, and then the Twitch channel steps up and, and helps. But I, you know... I don't know what's going to happen if the bottom falls out of driving, just like, I don't know what's going to happen if the bottom falls out of Patreon one day. That's, you know, that's why, you know, the show's going up day after or two days later in my head. I just go, Jesus Christ. One of these days you're going to fucking alienate everybody. They're going to fucking bail on you. And then, and then what? All of us find ourselves in precarious positions. All of us find ourselves one devastating day away from possibly having our lives change forever. And I'm, I'm in that position. I mean, if, if, if like, if my car, if something goes wrong with my car, I'm doomed. And I mean, I'm driving a 2007 Toyota Camry hybrid, uh, with, with 138,000 miles on it, I think. And, and anytime I hear a rattle, Anytime the car lurches at a stoplight in my head, I just go, no, man, don't, don't, don't. You guys already bought me a car. <laughs> you can't buy me. A, you know what I mean? Like, I, who's going to buy me another one? It's just this. It's 
you know, that's why this was the year of I will get back on stage and try to make money and all that. But it's still, you're still, you're still diggling, diggling. You're still digging out of a tunnel with a spoon, you know? Uh, so this guy pulls out a hundred bucks and she, by the way, she's only going cause I get told now how long the trip is or how much the ride will be. And he pulls out the hundred bucks and she's only going two miles. So, I mean, this is a $3 ride. And he goes, here you go. hundred bucks. Cancel the ride. And I need this money. But, uh, but also I'm, I'm still me. You know, I always joke I'm a mercenary, I'm this, I'm that, and I am, but I'm still a man who cares about taking care of people and doing good things for people and you want to help somebody out. And so did I think about taking the money? Absolutely. If he had been harmless or if she had even kind of said, oh my God, that's a good idea, you know, anything, I would have taken it. I would have taken it. But again, he hands them, he's got the money, he's reaching in and he's holding it to me. And uh, I look at her. And she's her face because he's now leaning in the car and and I see her face and she's making a face like, I don't know this guy kind of like she doesn't shake her head. No, but she's doing that face like like that. And her eyes are pleading. And uh, and I just I go, can't help you, dude. He goes, what? I go, can't help you, man. I go, this is her ride. And she doesn't want to cancel it. And I'm, I'm not in the business of canceling people's rides. He goes, whoa, wow. And he takes the hundred bucks and he leans back and he goes, you know what, man? Good for you. That's fucking cool. And I go, all right, well, and he goes, no, no. He goes, and he looks at her and he goes, you know what? This guy's like your big brother. He goes, this guy, like he's protecting you. He goes, and I look, he goes, I'm not. I'm not hitting on you. I'm not trying to get in your pants or anything. I'm, I, you know, we were having a good conversation. I just wanted to keep that conversation up. I'm not trying to hit on you. You know that, but, but boy, this guy, he, look at him protecting you. This guy's protecting you. You should thank him for that. That's amazing. And he goes, you know what? And he takes the hundred bucks. He goes here and he, he hands it to her. He goes, give that to him. And so I put my hand out and uh, he goes, he took care of you. He goes, this guy, this is a guy who actually cares about you. He took care of you. That's great. He's all right, man, be, be, be cool. And he closed the door and there's that moment where then he goes over and he's, he's with two other guys and he walks over to talk to them and she's holding a hundred bucks and we're both like, and I look at her, she goes, Oh my God, thank you. And that's crazy. Right. And she goes, yeah, that was, I was just talking. I only talked to him for five minutes. Like, why would he want me to go back in? I go, I don't, cause it's. You know, it's one twelve, one in the morning. I go, I, I go, this happens all the time. She goes, are you serious? I go, oh my God, yeah. I go, all the time, guys will be hitting on girls. They try to actually try to get into the car. I go, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't try to get in. She goes, well, that's why I didn't move over because I thought if I did, he would get in. I go, all right, well, you did the right thing. So I said, all right, so you cool? And she goes, yeah, oh my God, thank you. I go, all right, good. And so I started the ride. I backed up. And I go, it's a really short ride, but if you want the heat under the air on, let me know. We can roll the windows down if you want. She goes, oh my God, no, I'm fine. Whatever you want. I go, okay. And music, you want to turn it up, turn it off again, a short ride, but whatever you want is totally cool. And she goes, no, I'm fine. And, uh, so I pulled away and I start driving and she goes, oh my God. Wow. And I go, yeah, right. That was, that was, 
She goes, that was intense. And I go, it was. She goes, and we can split this. And, uh, <laughs> in, you know, I, I will admit initially I, I, uh, I blanched in my head, not verbally, but in my head, I was like, what? Uh, but then I went, yeah, okay, cool. She goes, yeah. Oh my God. Because you, you know, he was talking to me and that was just, but that's amazing that he would give us this money. And I said, yeah, that is amazing. Cause in my head, I'm like, he didn't give us this money. He literally told you hand this to him because he's cool. And he took care of you like a big brother. But at the same time, man, you know, 50 bucks is, is fine. I'll take 50. It was supposed to be a hundred, but I'll split it with her. Is that cool? Maybe, maybe not, but you do what you got to do. So I was like, all right, yeah, cool. We can split that. So I went around the corner and, uh, like I said, short ride, two miles. So we drive another, you know, fucking 30 seconds. And she goes, well, she goes, I have some cash that I can give you. And I said, yeah, you have a hundred dollars that you can give me because he told you to give it to me. She goes, oh yeah, but if we're going to split it, I, she goes, I have some cash I can give you. I said, okay. And I knew then, I knew then I drove through a neighborhood. She was just going up to Beverly. I turned the corner and, uh, I think it was Spalding. I dropped her off at, I don't want to give her a fucking address, but but I pulled up to the corner and as I'm pulling up, I'm not parked yet. We're not at her destination, but she literally goes, here you go. And I put my hand out and she presses it into my hand and it's folded up into a postage stamp. It's total. It's as small as you could fold up money. And so, uh, I have it in the palm of my hand and I pull up to where her apartment is and I open my hand and I start to unfold it. Uh, and I haven't, again, I haven't stopped the car yet. I'm unfolding and I pull up to where, where apart and, uh, it's 20 bucks. And I stop in front of her apartment. I unfold, I unfold and see the 20 bucks. She's okay. This is me. I go, are you serious? She goes, what? I go, $20. And she goes, what? You, that's more than you would have made. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, you should be happy. You made 20 extra dollars to go two miles. I go, he gave you a hundred dollars and he told you to give me that hundred dollars. Yeah, but he was talking to me inside. Like, I mean, I, he, I think we first tried to give it to you for, to cancel the ride, but then he handed it to me. I mean, he, he really did hand it to me. I go, but he also said to you, give it to him. He said, I took care of you like a big brother. Did you remember any of that? And the weird thing to me is that she doesn't get out of the car because she starts to, then she goes, what do you mean? I, I, I think you should be happy. I gave you $20. Like she's trying to spin it. Like I should be fucking grateful that she's raping me right fucking now. And I've been calm up to this point. And I go, you seriously, you, you, you know, I said what I said and I go $20 and she just goes, well, he actually handed it to me. So it's, you know, technically he gave it to me really. And when she said that, man, I, I, again, and also the fact that she was trying to get over and convince me that I should be happy with getting fucked. 
Because she said, literally, you should be happy. You're getting 20 extra dollars. You only drove two miles. And I put the car in park and I go, you are a fucking terrible person. And she flinched like I hit her. Like she just (gasps) and gasped and she just goes, why, why would you say something like that to me? I go, because you're stealing money from me. She goes, I don't know why you're looking at it like that. Again, I gave you $20. I go, he gave me a hundred dollars. She goes, he gave me a hundred dollars. No, he did not. He handed you a fucking hundred dollars to hand me. I could have canceled that fucking ride and kicked you out of my car, but I took care of you. I made sure I got you home. Yeah. And you made the money for the ride and then you got 20 extra dollars. She's still trying to convince me that I should be happy with getting bent fucking over. I go, you are a fucking awful person. She goes, I can't believe you're talking like this to me. She goes, I'm going to give you one star. I go, I don't give a fuck. You're stealing $80 from me. I go, at the very least, you said you would split it. You were the first one to say you would split it. Well, yeah, but then I don't, I don't have change. I go, I would have stopped and got change. You said you'd split it. Then you said you'd give me cash. And I fucking knew then you were going to fucking do this. I knew then. Well, I can't believe you're this mad. And I can't believe you're talking to me like this. I can't believe you stole fucking money from me. Do you think I drive people for fun? What do you mean? Do you think I drive people for fun? This is my job. I don't like doing it. I certainly don't want to meet people like you. And then you steal fucking money from me when he tried to hand it to me. I knew, I knew when I had my hand out and you didn't hand it to me, you were going to fucking do this. You are fucking terrible. Well, I can't believe you're talking to me like this. I'm going to complain to Uber. I go, go ahead. Go in your house, look in your mirror and realize you just fucking stole $80 from somebody. I didn't steal anything. You know, he actually, he actually gave me that money. I don't fucking care. He handed you that money and told you to give it to me. Get out of my fucking car. Well, I don't, I don't understand why you're angry. I don't understand. I'm angry. Get out of my fucking car. Well, I'm going to make sure Uber hears about this. I don't care. Get out of my fucking car. Well, all right, fine. Well, I, again, you're, you got 20 extra dollars. You're a fucking terrible person. Remember that. She closed the door. And, and I, I, I was so angry because I was so small. There was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do. And I knew it. And again, you know how much I beat myself up over the choices I've made and the positions I've put myself in. And the very fact that I have to drive fucking people like that around is my own fault and I hate myself for it. She stole $80 from me. You know what, you know what I really hate? You know what I really fucking hate? That I care about $80. I'm 52 fucking years old and I needed that $80. I have $294 in the bank and I'm in Dutch with my trainer for two fucking weeks. And I know you're like, Oh, we shouldn't have a fucking trainer then. Yeah, I get it. But I need it for my life. Sometimes I got my new cell bill today. Thankfully my fucking gas bills, 13 bucks. My electric bill will be 65, whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. I needed every dime of that 80 fucking dollars. And that and that's my fucking fault. 
And that's what makes me more mad than anything. Because you put yourself in a position to get grifted by people like that and it fucking matters. It shouldn't. You should laugh off 80 bucks. But that's two tanks of fucking gas for me to drive around more awful fucking people and I need it. And she took it. In two miles, she went from, hey, here's 100 bucks to, hey, here's 20 and fuck you. And I had to eat it. And it was my fucking fault. So when I see a pandemic skirting around the country, I always say it's not killing the right people. When I say that, I mean 75-year-old fucking people who are destroying this fucking planet and don't care about young people at all. But you know what? There's some young people who could take it too. And when I talk about rooting for the comet, well, I'll tell you what, I've thought about it and I've got a really good place for it to fucking land on Beverly and Spaulding. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can be my friend and uh, at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Did I say that one already? I might have. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Find me there, please. I'm lost and looking. <laughs> and chins and chest, lost and looking. Uh, <laughs> uh, so find me in these places. I'm there lurking. Be my friend at Instagram and Snapchat. Follow me. Find me. Fuck me. Forget me. Feel me up. Do all those goddamn things that begin with F. Our good friend Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. You can go ahead and find him, please, at uh, facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Tell him he's cool and he does cool things. He's our friend and our man and our pal, our man on the ground in, uh, in Northern California. And our buddy David Hernandez does uh, amazing work for this show. The music and the artwork, always really cool, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, I love him. You know, probably my best friend in the goddamn world, and, and I'm, I'm happy he's a part of my life, and, uh, and I'm happy he still chooses to be involved with me. And, uh, and this, <laughs> my life's work, he's, uh, he's done it again. You'll hear in moments, but you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and be his friend there and check out all the artwork that he's done for my show and other things on Facebook. He, uh, if you become his friend, you'll be able to look through his photos, see all the artwork he's done for the Westside 86 Jokers page, which is the fan club page, which you can join if you'd like, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but David is out there. He's waiting for you to join the fan club page to see all of his artwork. Become his friend as well. You'll see the artwork he's done for my private page or my private, it's a personal page, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He, he, you know, he did show art for a very long time. Uh, now he does timelines for the show, which is great. But also he has his own closed group on Facebook called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. And if you want to join that, he's created all these apostles. He's created chicks with tits. He's created a refrigerator with, with red hair. Uh, there's somebody whose foot fell off this week. It's just, it's a, it's a never ending nightmare scape of characters that he's created and they're fucking brilliant. He does yeoman's work, astonishing memes, all sorts of cool things that he puts into the, this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb page, which you can join by becoming his friend first at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, and then finding the group and submitting to be a member. He will send you three questions. You will answer them. And then you can uh, post a ton of memes with him. Uh, and have fun with the whole group. They're all there posting great things. 
So why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and then join his group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. But if you'd like to see his website, which is a class A operation, top of the fucking line, baby. You want to see some of the work he did for the corporate way back in the old days. You want to go ahead and check out his website with a lot of cool ass stuff on there. That's artbydmh.com. Please check it out. I'm telling you now, it is lovely. It is fantastic. It is a great place to see a ton of work that he's done. And also the depth and breadth of the things that he's done on Facebook. It's totally different. He's done. He gets a little crazier, does a little more stuff. And also you can hire this fucking guy. I don't know if I even mentioned that you can hire him to do uh, your Facebook caricature or paintings. He can do unbelievably brilliant, legit watercolor paintings. He can do small little oils, whatever the fuck you need him to do. He can do it. He can do your Facebook characters, your timeline, hire him. He is a, he is a man for hire. He is whittling. If you got the money, he's got the brushes. He's got the paint. He's got the turpentine. He's got the time. So go ahead and hire him to do all that cool stuff. You need him to do to make artwork for you. Like I said, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez or the website art by DMH.com. That's a R T B Y D M H. Dot com. All our times have come here, but now they're gone. Seasons don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind and the sun or the rain. We can be like they are. Come on, baby, don't fear the reaper. Baby, take my hand. Don't fear the reaper. We'll be able to fly. Don't fear the reaper. Baby, I'm your man. La, la, la. La, 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 Together in eternity Forty thousand men and women every day Forty thousand men and women every day Another forty thousand coming every day Come on baby, don't fear the reaper Baby, take my hand Don't fear the reaper We'll be able to fly Don't fear the reaper Baby, I'm your man La 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 Two 
gone Came the last night of sadness And it was clear she couldn't go on The door was open and the wind appeared The candles blew and then disappeared The curtains flew and then he appeared Don't be afraid, come on baby She had no fear She ran to him They looked backward and said goodbye She had taken his hand She had become like they are Come on baby, don't fear the reaper La, 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 la La You're goddamn right. Uh, that, that's fucking David Max Hernandez crushing it out of the goddamn park. He wrote me a note and he said, uh, hey, you done your show yet? If not, are you going to talk about the plague that's going around the world? Because he and I have texted back and forth about it. Um, and I was like, well, it's probably all I'm going to talk about, dude. I, I, I think, <laughs> you know, we'll see. And he said, I got an idea. And I was going to write him back and go, if that idea is you doing a version of Don't Fear the Reaper, that would be fucking amazing. Because uh, I don't know if you saw the miniseries The Stand, where Matt Frewer played Randall Flagg, and it's from uh, years ago. I think it's, it might even be it's the 90s, right? It's got to be the 90s. And uh, the opening fucking five minutes of that miniseries is one of the most memorable moments of television I've ever seen in my life. And if you know anything about The Stand, you know anything about Captain Trips and the, the book Stephen King, the miniseries, anything, Don't Fear the Reaper plays in the, in the open of the, of the miniseries. And I, so I didn't text that to him. Uh, he was like, I have an idea. And I just said, hit me. And he literally, he's like, what if I record an acoustic version of Don't Fear the Reaper? And, uh, I, and I was like, dude, that's, that's fucking incredible. And, uh. And I, he wanted me to open the show with it, which uh, I I get, but with the tone of the show and where it wound up, I think it worked better in the middle. Um, he will disagree, as he always does, but I, I you know what, uh, you know, because we wound up serious in the middle and in the beginning where, you know, I'm talking about fucking Mulan and, a, and an autistic fucking frozen guy. So, I mean, I, I we didn't. I didn't get right into whatever the fuck. Why am I just fine to you guys? You guys know what's up. And, and uh, so he, he just, I mean, he did that tonight in two hours. He did that version of don't fear the reaper in two hours. And it's, it's just the fucking best. I'm so happy. Um, because again, it just evokes. And now, now I got to watch that scene. It evokes that scene for me. And, and I'm so happy he, he wanted to do it. And, and, and he even stepped up and offered to do it. So I didn't have to go, Dave, uh, David, could you uh, maybe do this? And, Cause I hate doing that. You know, I just, cause I don't fucking, you know, I tug on his shirt sleeves. He's got other shit going on. I feel like a fucking dope all the time. All right. So, um, but that's max. It's fucking amazing. Uh, so do we have sponsors for this show? We do. I know you've been asking questions. You've been wondering to yourself, well, I wonder if Mike still has sponsors. You're goddamn right. He does baby. Hey, look, man, you don't, you don't get a bank account like mine. If you don't have people stepping up and sponsoring your guy. Goddamn show. Oh my Christ. Do people love it? They're so happy. So happy to sponsor. So happy to do all of that cool stuff. Um, 
our great friend Fearful Jesuit does the show, The Paranoid Strain. It's a podcast, man, and it's it is great. It is amazing. It is phenomenal. It's available now on iTunes. I think you want to go ahead and download it. I think you want to subscribe. Fuck downloading it. You want to subscribe to the goddamn thing is what you want to do. The Paranoid Strain podcast is available right now on the iTunes store, and it is uh, this latest episode is just kicking my ass, man. It is about Philip K. Dick, and uh, I've told you like. Sometimes, you know, these are challenging episodes for me to listen to because they're not subject matter that I'm well versed on. And so then you can kind of start to feel kind of small, maybe you're not so smart. And uh, and I've been listening to uh, there's a section where Jesuits talking about his favorite PKD, as they call him. I, I, I hate to give the man his respect. Philip K. Dick novel called The Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch. And uh, as he's describing this book in my head, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this, I mean, it leads into a whole thing of, uh, about um, consciousness. And there's a whole segment of the show where, you know, Jesuit starts talking about the vast brain, you know what I mean? And how, and, and there's a, I guess there's a brain in a vat experiment, experiment. I, I didn't even know what it is. It's just, it's, there's a, a philosopher named Hillary Putnam who, who, Talked about if an evil scientist removed your brain and he put it in a in a pan, would you still be you? If you hooked it up to a thing and you were able to still experience your life, very Matrix style, but you were just a brain, are you still you? And and his conclusion is yes, you are you are you you are your brain. But is the mind different than the body, or because of the fact that your mind can tell your body what to do? It's it's called you know Descartes called it the mind body problem. Um, I'm probably not doing a good job of explaining it, but I was listening to it. It was like, I, you know, he started to go into this book uh, called Ubik and they were talking about inertials. Uh, he mentioned a scanner darkly. And, and uh, again, for me, I don't, I'm not a science fiction dude. And I, Philip K. Dick, I know from his movies, but in, in hearing just the joy Jesuit has for him as an author and, and for the subject matter, it made me just, it made me very interested. I, I won't lie. Like it made me want to delve in and possibly read certainly the three stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, um, which again has some some matrix elements in it because it's about there's a drug called can hyphen D and then this guy Palmer Eldridge shows up and he's got chew hyphen Z and it's a better drug than can D so the guys who hold the can D it's about a society that is basically it's set in the year 2016 which again and it's about people who uh, have basically the planet is just scorched earth so they live in these climate controlled cities and they they lose themselves in these this avatar world. Basically, it's it's just, it's the internet. I mean, the guys basically predicted what's going on in our world today, and and uh, and these drugs allow you to go ahead and lose yourself and and don't deal with your real problems. It's whatever. It's amazing stuff. But um, he he would had a, a thing about Rabba, uh, Ramachandran, I think was the name of the guy, talking about the sense of self. Talking about continuity, unity, uh, or coherence, ownership, agency, reflection. These are what it means to be self. But then that's in direct conflict to the fact that you is your brain you or is your body you or your or does your brain just are your mind and body separate? Um, I also learned that consciousness is not exclusive to humans because there was Thomas Nagel wrote a thing called "What Is It Like to Be a Bat?" And again, man, I you know we're talking about substance dualism. Uh, I, I don't all this stuff physicalists, you know, was, was, uh, a, a, another term I learned. It's really intensely interesting, amazing stuff. I'm not doing it justice by talking about it. I know I'm not. I, 
because I'm still learning. I, the, I'm still trying to get my head around the content, the concept of consciousness. It's never anything I've pondered. You know, I'm just me. I'm, I'm a guy. I don't ever really think about the world or angels or what, you know, what's, what's around us or is there a different timeline or is this all a simulation? I mean, it's all that kind of stuff that fascinates Jesuit and, uh, and Dana unicorn. And for me, it's just stuff I've never pondered. So to be exposed to it now via this show, I sit wrapped and like I said, I have to take notes because I still have to talk about it on the air with you guys. So it's not easy for me to talk off the cuff about these subjects without knowing the language. And so I try to make a note of at least the language so I can have something where I sound prepared. Um, but I found myself at one point, literally on my desk with like my chin in my hands. I know don't touch your face, but listening as he, he talked about the sense of self and about how consciousness and what consciousness truly is. And, and I found that brain in a vat thing fascinating, you know, that, that the brain in a vat is you evil scientist throws your body away, puts the brain in the vat and hooks up all of your sensory organs to a machine. And you're still living your life, but you're just a brain in a vat, but you think you're still living your life. And so that, you know, is consciousness the three pounds of, of, uh, jelly as, as, as fearful puts it in your head. Uh, it's, it's, very interesting, very intense. And, uh, and I sat listening and just like, wow. I mean, I, and again, so like I told you, I have to take this in chunks, man, because I, I want to bring you the best possible viewpoint and review that I possibly can of this show. And all I can tell you is get it for yourself. I mean, if you, 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 I'm giving you it through my prism, but you, you, you're probably infinitely smarter than me. And if you have a passion for this topic, uh, cause again, I'm coming at it as a layman. I'm learning all this stuff for the first time. It's different from in the past. Like when he talked about vaccination, people or assassinations and things like that. History is, is more my bag. Like I can totally, if you want to talk about history and you want to talk about murders and you want to talk about presidents and you want to talk about like the fucking sovereign citizens, all that bullshit, like that stuff I can get on board with. I have a working knowledge of all of that stuff. So history is something I can absolutely relate to and I can bring it to you guys and talk about it all day. But this stuff, the concepts of, of actual life and, and consciousness and whether we're really here and why we're here and all that stuff, dude, that is way, way spinning off the fucking planet for me. So I have to really listen to it and pay attention and kind of take notes and, and, uh, so don't just trust me on this. Go ahead and get the show. The Paranoid Strain podcast is available in the iTunes store right now, and it wants you to download it. Go do it right now, this second. I'll wait. I will not wait. I will continue to talk. But uh, but yeah, please go ahead and download it. That would be fantastic. And uh, subscribe. Listen to all of them. And again, it's it's worth listening to all of them so you can actually hear, like it's, when he talks about history and real events, and then he talks about this these flights of fancy with Philip K. Dick and consciousness and, and is reality real and holy Christ, dude, it's just, it's, it's yeoman's work. It's really unbelievable. Something I couldn't hope to do. And, uh, and I'm lucky enough to be affiliated with a guy who does it better than probably anybody else. So, uh, fearful Jesuit is out there. Does the paranoid strain podcast is available right now in the iTunes store. You'll get to hear Dana unicorn on there as well. Go ahead and download it. Want to write him a note? You can do that. Paranoid strain at gmail.com paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write him an email. Tell him you love the show. Tell him you heard about it from me. Leave a review in the iTunes store, please talk about how you learned it from us. And, uh, and that's it. Just download it and listen to it. And, and you'll, you'll hear 
you know, how badly I've stepped on my dick and trying to describe it to you because you're going to understand it a lot better than I do probably. But I will say it has certainly opened my mind to things I had never really pondered. And uh, it's fascinating stuff. So go ahead and download it right now. The Paranoid Strain Podcast available in the iTunes store from our buddy Fearful Jesuit waiting for you to listen to it right now. Uh, Knife Drop Podcast. That's our good friend Rob Matsushita. That's also available at Stitcher and Anchor and uh, Podbay. You can get that. I don't think uh, I don't think they've done an episode in a while, but you know you can get the uh, the. I think there's eleven that they have that are right there waiting for you to go ahead and listen to. They're, like Richard Marks would tell you, they're right there waiting for you. <sighs> go ahead and download the Knife Drop Podcast with our friend Rob Matsushita. Listen to all of the episodes. The last one again, they talk about Dana Carvey. And uh, he's making a lot of appearances this week on this show. But go ahead and listen to the other episodes. You hear Big Slim McGroovy, and they talk about fucking scary movies and all sorts of stuff. Rob Matsushita's Knife Drop Podcast, available now in Podbay, in Anchor, in Stitcher, wherever finer podcasts are given away for free and or sold. Sold. Did you know Cameo exists? It does. I got to send out an apology here, because uh, I think sometimes I trick people into thanking me for stuff. And I don't mean to do that. Uh, I mentioned that uh, I did a cameo for our listeners, Katie and Paul. It was Katie's birthday. And then I said I did like a 20 minute cameo and I had not heard from them because I had probably chased them off as fans. And then Katie was lovely and she wrote me a note and she said, thank you so much. You made my birthday special and uh, we got to listen to it. It was epic to hear a 20 minute podcast. And our friend Sabrina, I did like a nine minute podcast for her uh, or, or, you know, cameo. Um, And they're all very nice and they reach out to me. But I think that I tricked them into saying that by talking about it on the show. And I don't mean to do that. I, and look, you might just want to compliment me and you're very nice, but in my brain, I keep thinking that somehow I coerced people into telling me they like me or what I do. And that's just so fucking foolish. I get it. But, uh, but Katie, it was not necessary for you to reach out via a letter, but I will write you back. And it was so nice of you to think of me and write me that note. Uh, I loved reading it. They've been around with the show forever and they enjoyed the, the cameo and you can too trying to fight off yawns, man. But, uh, the cameo is out there and it is waiting for you to order me so I can tell you good things about yourself and your family or bad things about your friends and your family. If you want me to just do me a favor, hire me for cameo just to tell people to wash their fucking hands. I can do that all goddamn day. Wash your hands, wash your fucking hands, wash your hands. Uh, you want me to tell your family to wash their hands? If you, Hey, look, if you, if you don't like an old person in your family, you want me to tell them to go to the store. I'll do that too. I will be complicit. I will be complicit in you murdering your great grandfather. Whatever you need me to do, man, for me to make 15 bucks. As I've mentioned, uh, we're bottom of the barreling it. I am scraping it these days. I am one, literally one bad day away from a tragedy striking, just as we all are. So if you want to include me with your $15 and have me, I don't know, call an old English teacher and tell him that he can dangle your participle, whatever the fuck you need me to do, man. If you want me to talk about gerunds with somebody, I can do that. <laughs> hire me to be a cameo person. It's it's bookcameo.com on your uh it's where you go on the web. But you download it to your phone. It's more of a phone app deal. Uh download the cameo app and then find me on there. Hi, I'm Mike. And then hire me and I'll be there to do that. It'll be totally fun. Uh well, totally fun is strong, but I'm there. Uh Amazon and Patreon. I should tell you about why should I group those? No, I was gonna say, because Uber and Lyft are usually what I group. Let's talk about Uber and Lyft. Uh they're out there too, if you want to go ahead and use those. Lyft, here's the code, Mike720057, M-I-K-E-720057, all caps, please, on the mic. And uh, use that if you're a first-time rider and I get a bullshit ride, but if you do it when you're going to drive, I'll get a bonus, which I'll love. Uber, same thing. DJZW1, 
Y-T-T-U-E, that's D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E, all lowercase. If you're a first-time rider, great, I'll get an Uber ride. But if you're a driver, I'll get a bonus. Uh, I have a, There's a listener out there now who's on the road as I'm Uber pimping for him, and I can't wait to get that $10 bonus. <laughs> Thank you, Uber. But as I mentioned before, that's 10 fucking dollars I didn't have before, so I'll take it. I need it, goddammit. Uh, Amazon and Patreon. Let's talk about those. Well, the Amazon link is available at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page, which used to be the Joe Business page, and find the Amazon link. Click on that, and then uh, and then use it. And once you click on that, now you're in Amazon and you're shopping, and I get a bonus off of that. I get a spiff. I get a little something, something. I think the kids are calling it these days. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly. It's a symbiotic relationship. It is a three-handed triangle. Everybody grabbing a wrist. Uh, thank you for thinking of us and using the Amazon link. And again, if you're buying Lysol products, if you're buying scrubby dubbies, if you're buying, I don't know, moist towelettes, if you're buying Kleenex, if you're buying all the fucking pasta you could possibly choke down while you're quarantined, all of your quarantine supplies should be purchased using my link. Why don't I benefit off the fucking apocalypse? This world is ending. Give me a dime (laughs) so I can phone my mother. We'll catch a cab to your high rise apartment. At last, you can tell me exactly what your heart meant. If you like my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, man. Let me know. Uh, Use the Amazon link, please. Why not? Think of me. Think of the children. (laughs) All of the children. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. Use the Amazon link. You're buying stuff anyway. What the fuck? Doesn't cost you anything. Cost you five seconds to go to my website and find the link right there on the merchandise page. Do it. Do it. Patreon exists. Uh, You know, if you want to become a Patreon patron. Like our great friend, you know what? I, I We actually have two things to talk about here, as a matter of fact, now that I talk about Patreon. Uh, we have two very lovely people who raised their monthly pledge. Uh, our good friend Mark Melnick edited his pledge. He, was, uh, he doubled his pledge, his monthly pledge, which, astonishing. Mark Melnick, you are super cool. Thank you so much for doubling your monthly pledge and thinking of me and and every, again, every cent helps. And I don't mean to sound like that guy where I'm like, oh, boo-hoo. I'm not trying to boo-hoo. But, um, you know, it's 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 really cool that you think of me in that fashion. And also our friend Mary Beth Kirk out of Houston, has uh, she bumped her pledge up, her monthly pledge as well, uh, which is so great. She's so sweet. She sent me photos of her sushi that she had in Seattle trying to avoid the COVID-19. We talked back and forth. Um, but Mary Beth Kirk and Mark Melnick, thank you so much for bumping up your contributions on the Patreon page. And hey, man, if you want to be a Patreon patron, that would be cool. I would certainly appreciate it. Uh, go to Patreon. Look for me, Mike Schmidt. I think it's Patreon slash Mike40YLB. But either way, Google Mike Schmidt Patreon. And it'll come up and you can become a monthly donor. And I would appreciate that very much. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, because that's what's keeping me afloat. And, uh, and I mean, when I say afloat, I mean, yeah, you know what? It's, I'm I'm submerged except for from the nose up. I can still breathe through my nose. We're okay. Uh, and I know this happens every couple of months where I'm like, ah, the hail Mary hit. And then all of a sudden, Oh, the hail Mary didn't, it's gone. You know what I mean? It's, I get it, man. I, I, I'm never crying wolf. It's just that the wolf never goes away. Sometimes, however, I get to hide from him and he doesn't know I'm around, but the wolf is always there. Uh, I have a Twitch channel. Go ahead and check me out on the Twitch channel. It's twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Find me on there. I'm doing video game stuff. I'll be there later today because this is coming out Friday morning. I'll be there Friday playing Vidya, Vidya games, playing the Witcher. I'm loving the Witcher, running around, having fun. Uh, 
believe me, I would love nothing more than to stay in my house and play video games and talk to you guys. And, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking I'm trying to figure things out. Oh, let's talk about this. I was doing a show called go fact yourself, a podcast that got canceled. It was a, it was a bad fucking day for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, my Arizona trip completely fell through. And, uh, and so that got canceled. So I'm here next week when, again, it makes sense. Cause now I guess I can drive. Uh, but then the, um, the go fact yourself podcast for Sunday that fell through, that's canceled. It's a tenuous time for anybody who makes a living via the gig economy or crowdsourcing. I mean, I, you are all very generous to a fault. Anybody who's ever given me a dime, I'd look, anybody who's ever laughed has fucking supported this show. If you give me money though, or a dime, that truly helps. And, and I mean, I, I'm luckier than most. I recognize that. I mean, my Patreon is ridiculous for, for, a, for, and I've done this show for 12 years and you know what? I've earned every fucking dime. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, boo hoo. I I've earned every fucking thing everybody's ever gave me. And I appreciate that. But you've also been unbelievably generous and over the top and really helped me out in ways that I just, uh, you know, I never anticipated. And, and I've been very lucky in that I haven't really had to make a living doing live stuff. I wanted to get back doing live stuff because I think I'm good at it and I want to be, uh, I want it to be my full-time job, but I've been lucky enough that you guys through your Patreon, through the Amazon support and stuff like that, you've, you've thought of me and you've helped me out in ways that I did not think would be possible or I did not think would happen. And, um, it's, it's, it never ceases to amaze me the support I get from you guys, whether it's just downloading and listening or any feedback that I get, but, uh, but money helps and money's great. And, and you know, these are, we're all a skeered. We're all a skeered, man. These are fearful times. You never know what the fuck's going to happen. And I, and look, I know I ain't got no kids. I know I don't have, I don't have any of the responsibilities. A lot of you guys have, um, and I'm constantly in your pocket, you know, and, and, but please know how much it's, it's appreciated. And if you can join Patreon or if you can come to Twitch and give me a Twitch prime subscription, that's five bucks a month. Uh, or if you can even just join tier one, tier two, tier three, follow or subscribe on the Twitch channel. Uh, every cent absolutely helps. I mean, I don't give a fuck about Uber and Lyft. I mean, that's not a real thing. Uh, but cameo, Amazon link, Patreon, Twitch, these are really important to this show and, and my survival as a, as a, as a friend and an entertainer friend first entertainer second. Now nah, fuck that. I'm probably an entertainer first and a friend second. <laughs> I can be annoying though. I'm constantly asking for stuff, but, um, but it's important. And, and when you guys step up and help, that really, really does help. And so if you're, if you've ever thought about becoming a Patreon patron, this is a good week to do it. Uh, if you ever wanted to use the Amazon link, this is a good week to do it. If you ever wanted to donate on Twitch, this is a good week to do it. Even you can send me PayPal stuff through the website. This is a really good week to do it. Uh, because it's just, you know, like I said, the good news is I'm, I'm home now next week. So no Arizona, which means I can drive and make money. But at the same fucking time, if people ain't getting rides and there ain't no money to make and, and, uh, and I look, I'm not going to know what it's like until I'm out there, but I know it's been a little rough the past few days. Uh, but you do the best you can. And, uh, but also I would, I would really like to not have to get behind the wheel of a fucking car, but that's on me. I recognize I put myself in this position, but any help you can give through Patreon, anything you can give through Amazon, anything you can do through cameo, anything you can do through Twitch, uh, anything through PayPal Venmo, you can fucking Venmo me. I don't care. Uh, 
you're you're just fucking cool as hell for even thinking of me. Um, and I appreciate you supporting the show. And you know what? I'm going to close it different today. I'm I'm going to just um, let's play another David song. You know what? Because I didn't open the show with David. Uh, let's give it a double shot on the way out. We had him in the middle, and then we'll go ahead and play him here on the way out. Um, because I think this song's appropriate <laughs> for what we just went through and what I told you happened in this past week and, and what we're all doing. And I will tell you this, man, stay safe, wash your hands, take care of yourselves. Don't be an animal and, uh, don't panic. You know, we're all going to get through this and everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be okay. And I love you guys, man. I can't, I can't lose a one of you. I don't, I don't want you to stop listening. I don't want you to you know, if you and, and if you quarantine yourself, you know what, man, the show's on YouTube. Go ahead and listen to the old shows. And also, I'm I'm contemplating doing some other quarantine type stuff, but it all depends on money and, and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I do these Twitch streams where I play video games. So maybe I'll start doing more Twitch streams where they're just conversations or I'll tell a story or um, I don't know, you know, because, again, it's that thing where I think that's a good idea. And then I'm like, well, nobody wants to fucking hear from you. I don't know why that person exists inside my head, but he does. Uh, and he keeps me from doing a lot of things, but maybe I'll fight through it. But with this quarantine, with everybody scared to death and hiding in their houses and being told to, and we're supposed to, don't go out, don't do fucking stuff you're not supposed to do. If you feel bad, stay in your house, take care of everybody you need to take care of, all your loved ones, check in on everybody and, and text people and see that they're okay and, and tell them how much you care and make sure, you know, like I said, I couldn't let my mom go to fucking Walmart. You do the same. Um, just be kind to everybody and help them. You know, I, I, I think people people who make light of what's going on and go, oh, it's just the flu. Oh, calm down. Oh, oh it's just old people. You know, hey, man, none of that shit is real and none of it matters. And and you got to stop saying that stuff because every, every fucking person taking breath matters. Old, young, people who work hard, people who are maids or people who drive people lift and uber people who are waiters and waitresses and bartenders and real fucking people are going to be hurt by this not just we're not just talking about dying or getting sick we're talking about people losing money i mean there are restaurants that are like 75 percent of their business is gone the past two weeks and if people are being told to stay in look at all the people who aren't going to make money from the ncaa tournament you know yeah the colleges won't make any money but also fucking vendors and ticket takers and security people and i mean jesus fucking christ if you're one of these people who's been impacted it's terrible and and you don't know what to do and you can feel lost. So reach out, man. Make life easier for people. That's all you got to do. Just this this world is a wood chipper and if somebody's on their ass, reach down and pick them up and look them in the eye and treat them like a human being. Just don't touch their fucking face. <laughs> all right, David, take us home. Love you guys. Game.
Black hole Schmidt, don't you quit?